Why don't you reach into my pocket and see what it is? Then grab onto it, it's just for you. Give it a little squeeze and say, how do you do? Something in my front pocket. There's something in my front pocket. There's something in my front pocket. There's something in my front pocket. Oh, God. I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, man. Is that, that's a, yeah, that's a, yeah, a whatever. Yeah, hey, 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 everybody didn't see you there. <laughs> whatever well, a, we're like, getting we're downgrading these intros week it's, by week yeah it's getting worse and <laughs> then worse next week and we're worse, just gonna come in and fart and into the microphone and worse and worse and worse check <laughs> checking the mic yeah i think it's okay. fine i think we're good <laughs> i think we're good yeah I, uh, uh, yeah next week we're just gonna show up and like rip a fat fart into the <laughs> microphone and then be like oh hey sorry oh sorry to see you there <laughs> Uh, uh, welcome to sequelize this, everybody. This. We're going to talk about each other. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're back for another week. Uh, Dan Sarnowski with my co-host Chris uh, Ready. Hello. Uh, and this sequelize this. We're doing the thing again. We are. We're in part 3 of our Spooptober. No, it was part, part 4. Part 4. Yeah, I was part say four week, week 4 of, of our Spooptober Spooptacular. Spooptacular. <laughs> <laughs> You guys get a special October this month. It's it's ironic. Uh, ironic. Isn't it ironic? Um, it's our um, our first Halloween season, mm-hmm. and uh, we get five horror movies. Five seasons. of them. Yeah. Normally it would be four, but uh, yeah. you guys get a lucky uh, Spooptober Spooptacular for our sequelize this first October. I hope you're all enjoying it. Yeah. I've been enjoying it. As someone who too. doesn't traditionally watch horror movies, this has been a lot of fun. As someone who does traditionally watch horror movies, this <laughs> has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and we're today we're talking about the sequel to one of the you know most highly regarded uh, horror movies of all time. Yeah. Not uh, not even I, I I think you could take horror movie out of horror out of that. I, yeah. I, the Shining is um, absolutely iconic. Yes. Um. But yeah, it's uh, spoiler alert: the sequel to The Shining, Doctor Sleep, which you probably wouldn't know that it's the sequel <laughs> to The Shining because nobody advertised it that way. Yeah, and and it showed because it didn't do well at the box office at all. Yeah, um, we don't normally like throw a big spoiler warning out at the beginning of, of these episodes. We're going to be talking about older movies. Yeah, uh, this movie came out in 2019. Like I said, most almost nobody saw it, so I'm going to throw a little spoiler warning at the top. Yeah, um, it's a good idea. And if if just before you, you, I would recommend like you know pausing this, go watch the movie, and then come back. Sure. Um, but before you do that, I will just off the top say that I do recommend this movie. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you, you said nobody went to go see this movie because you know it did poorly at the box office. I think you all should go see this movie. I think it was very good. Yeah. I think it could have been an, a, a complete disaster. Oh, for uh, sure. Uh, like it could have very easily been a complete disaster. And um, I will tell you, as someone who was very skeptical going into this movie, and then, even, like I said, even after the movie started, <laughs> you know, the first 20 minutes, I'm like, ah, God, I don't know. But the rest of the movie completely justifies everything. Yeah. Uh, and it is absolutely worth a watch. If you, um, if you watch The Shining and if you like The Shining, 
Um, I think this is a worthy sequel. I agree. I, yeah, uh, I which agree. is shocking on multiple levels. That's high praise. Um, you know, uh, you know, I can't speak for Dan, but I know. You and, know. And yeah, because. <laughs> because I'm not <laughs> you. Know, you. Yeah. Uh, Until you, you know, inhabit my body one day and, and then start speaking for me. Right. Uh, but until then, <laughs> I, until I, then. I, I can only say that, you know, I'm a huge Stanley Kubrick uh, fan. Kubrick. Kubrick. <laughs> I couldn't get that right. I know. <laughs> I'm a huge Stanley Kubrick fan. Um, like, enormous Kubrick fan. Like, I think most film nerds yeah if you are. like if you're if you're um, a film buff yeah yeah because he he's so unique and he's got such a distinct filming style and but, but it's also like every one of his movies is is kind of classic. unique from each other yeah 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 very distinct very yeah, distinct but yeah. they're all you know they're all great yeah. they're all great yeah. yeah um you know several of his films uh are in the top 100 i think you can argue are top 100 greatest films of yeah. all time um Doctor Strange Love, Clockwork Orange, 2001 A Space Odyssey, The Shining. I mean, like, the dude is just, he's all over, like, greatest, yeah. you know, greatest movies of all time. Um, and The Shining is great. If you've never seen The Shining, uh, you should go watch The Shining. Uh, it's. Yeah, it, which I had not seen before know, doing God, this episode. That, now, that one, of all the stuff <laughs> you hadn't seen before we started doing this podcast, that one baffles me the most because it's such a huge part of pop culture. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, God. What was that? <laughs> Wait, you... Okay. <laughs> ah, stupid Jews. Um, yeah, The Shining's such a huge part of pop culture. Yeah. Um, and that was another one. I think I think I watched The Shining with my dad when I was like ten. Oh God! Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man! <laughs> yeah, very uh, very spooky. Scares the ever loving bejesus out of you. And I actually had the uh, Danny Torrance riding the bike through the hallway twin girls dream one time when I was a kid. Oh my God! Yeah, which is horrifying. Well, I imagine seeing that movie when you're ten. Would yeah, do would, that to would you. do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it just scared the ever loving bejesus out of me. Yeah, but Jesus. Um, which, which is great, you know, super effective horror in a very different way than what you see uh, even, I guess, back then, too, because that was, like, right at the dawn of the slasher era. Yeah. Uh, that That's a horror movie in a very unique way, very just uneasy through the entire thing. Um, and I suppose that that feeling is there for the sequel, but I, I think it's a little less so. They, yeah. I, I, I don't know how to describe the scares... The, the scary part of this movie, you know, uh, as compared to the original, only to say that it's very different, but it makes total sense as a sequel. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the Shining, the way Kubrick, Kubrick had a very uh, keen uh, sense about terrifying his audience. And even in something like Doctor Strangelove. Yeah, I was just going to say that, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> Doctor Strangelove is hilarious in a, a very unique way, but it's also scary in a very unique way um, that he doesn't outwardly address, but it's just there oh, yeah. underneath well, the skin of the movie. The, <laughs> the subject of the movie is, like, this is why, this, there's a lot of reasons why I love Doctor Strangelove. Yeah. But the fact that it was a comedy. Yeah. Um, based off of the Cold War, at the height, height of, the Cold of the Cold War, War. Yeah. Um, it was like incredible, just an incredible uh, movie all the way around. Yeah. It's really funny, and yeah, like 
if you think about it too much, it's like, oh shit, that that's that's actually terrifying. Yeah. Especially if you saw it in like what 1968 when it came out or whatever. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> it would be like especially terrifying. So interesting story about uh, Doctor Strange. Love. We're gonna get it off on a little uh, Kubrick tangent here, because of that movie, um, it is directly responsible for the United States government changing its nuclear policy. Wow. Um, it used to be that one man would carry the authorization to uh, launch an attack, and now we have a multiple stage. Okay, that's uh, defense system. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Like well up into the like in the sixties, you know, it was one guy. So if somebody went AWOL and decided they wanted to, you know, like they do in Doctor Strange Love, like they do in Doctor Strange Love, <laughs> you know, that 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 was a very viable scenario, Holy and shit. because of Doctor Strange Love. Congress actually held hearings and passed legislation to change it. So now there's a multiple stage process that has to occur before uh, a doomsday scenario can essentially uh, take place on the planet, Um, which is crazy. That that it wasn't always like that. Yeah. yeah, Number one, that it wasn't always like that. But number two, that a movie influenced U S policy, a comedy. Yeah. um, Which is nuts. Um, but the thing about Doctor Strange Love, like, is you know, it's it, the terror is there, and it's just below the surface. Yeah. And I think in all of his movies, there's kind of a general sense of unease. General sense of unease. General sense of unease <laughs> and scariness. Um, obviously, The Shining is of course. maybe his most direct example. Um, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, uh, obviously, the the entire third of that act of that movie is just revolved around scaring the ever loving shit out right. of you. Clockwork Orange um, is designed to be uh, very disturbing and uh, you know uh, scary in in a, a very different kind of way. It's not it's not direct, um, but you know that that's kind of what Kubrick does. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, it's hard to, it's really hard to describe uh, because this movie accomplishes that, but it does it a different way that I can't quite put into words. Because they are, when you look at them, very different movies. Yes. No, I, I, I definitely think they're very different movies. I think some of it has to do with the, the time period in which they came out as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, but yeah, this one I think the 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 scariness factor comes from it's like that it, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit when we talked about Terminator. It's like the um, the villain always in pursuit of yes. the protagonist, and um, get, like because of how powerful they are, like how like being able to get you know close up and stuff like that, and and then also just like how powerful those those characters are and what they can do and and how that can like you know change things and stuff like that so yeah. um i think that's kind of where the terror comes from this one um because uh you know this this movie focuses a lot more on the supernatural element Correct. of uh, the shining which is uh, honestly like if, if anybody's ever read the book that is you know in the movie kubrick makes it a little more ambiguous he it's kind of like is is this actually happening or is jack just going crazy is right. this in his head uh in the book there's no question he, like the hotel is uh, very obviously haunted by these uh, like devilish spirits that are, um, in essence, uh, you know, uh, feeding off of uh, Danny Torrance um, and pushing Jack, you know, uh, you know, 
farther and farther towards insanity. There's no question in the book. Yeah. And um, and I like I spoiler alert, they they like explicitly mention that in, yes. in this one as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To make it very clear. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is which is uh, great because you know you, we can finally shut up everybody who's ever tried to overanalyze <laughs> The Shining. Right. I think I told you when, right before you watched it, like do yourself a favor before you start this movie and don't get lost uh, in the details of right. everything. It's it's not Kubrick designs most of his movies specifically for people to overanalyze <laughs> and get nowhere, which is brilliant. Yeah. Um, and which also why he never, you know, told anybody what he had in mind for his endings. Right. Um, because it's just better to, I guess, watch everybody struggle to analyze them. <laughs> like um, the whole, like, uh, last act of 2001. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, which is just so far out there. I think it took me a couple watches, but I'm like, okay, I think I get it. I think I get it. <laughs> um, or, at, you know, at least I have my own idea. But that's kind of the glory of his movies is... Yeah. You know, he does that specifically to raise questions in the audience and keep people thinking after they finish seeing it. Um, and I've seen The Shining a thousand times, so it's like it's not a movie where the devil is in the details. Mm-hmm. The devil is in your mind. Right. You, it, it's up to you to kind of decide. And that's kind of the fun of it. Like, yeah, you're, you're like Jack is slowly losing his grip on his his reality, mm-hmm. and then the audience is also trying to piece, put the pieces together. Right. And it's it's obviously done on purpose to give like to put the audience in that same right. you know boat as Jack and start to question what's real as he's questioning what's real it's right. it's it's very it's very i mean obviously like we're, we're like blowing a lot of smoke up kubrick's ass like <laughs> yeah but in case you haven't figured out like stanley kubrick pretty good at making pretty movies. good yeah he's a pretty, <laughs> pretty good, good guy. <laughs> yeah um but yeah this is this is interesting because like so when i when this movie came out uh dr sleep and um, I found out that it was a sequel to The Shining. Yeah. Because, again, it was not like not advertised in the marketing no. for the movie whatsoever. No. Or I would have gone to see it. Yeah. I think a <laughs> right. lot more people would have gone to see I it. I would have gone to see it. Um, and I would have been just as nervous then, I think. Yeah, yeah, probably. And and maybe that's why they didn't. But at the same time, like this movie, it, it if you hadn't seen The Shining, I think you would be missing a, a vital amount of information. So, yeah. like kind of setting people up for that from the beginning what i think would have been important yeah i agree so it's kind of strange they never like you know capitalized on that in the first place um but it's interesting so like when i first heard it was was the sequel to the shining um and it was being directed by um i I, will have to look up the director's name uh but he's a director who who's done a lot he's done a lot of horror movies um, but nothing like nothing good. No, no, <laughs> nothing big. Nothing. Nothing big. Yeah. Nothing, that's, that's, that way, I want to say good. I know his horror movies are reviewed well. His name's Mike Flanagan, by the way. Mike yeah. Flanagan. Yeah. Um, who also he also wrote the screenplay as well. Yeah. He um, did uh, Haunting of Hill House is probably what most people know him. Yeah, for. that was his like breakout like directorial um, yeah. like success. Um, but he would have been filming this. You know, as I was coming out, so right. it's really interesting that this um, he was able to write and direct this based off of his previous work, that which which had kind of gotten like you know generally positive reviews, but nothing like yeah. really over the top. Um, so that, that's also why I was like, okay, so like very um, interesting that they they gave him the sequel to The Shining, which might be why they didn't advertise it. That yeah, way. right. So because he's relatively you know newer. 
Yeah, and, and again, I had not seen The Shining, or else I probably would have gone to see this in the theater when it came out. Yeah. Because um, it would have been, you know, interesting to me as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's really an interesting movie. So this, this it like, it actually, t- like, picks up basically right where The Shining left off. Yeah, at the beginning, um, which is why I was nervous when I right. when the movie starts. Because yeah, because what's what's difficult about that is they they had to recast uh, Shelley Duvall, Shelley Duvall, and you know the the, the kid who played Danny yeah. as well. Um, and I I think they did a decent. job. I think they did fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was nervous because I'm like, oh god, is this I mean, where, yeah, is they, this where this movie's going? Right. Yeah. That, that's 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 where I was nervous as well. But oh, it, it was like, it was just to like kind of catch you up on set um, the pace. yeah set the pace on what how that like what happened afterwards um which was you know and again like as the movie went on uh, i feel like it, it kind of earned that a little bit more yeah um, i was very nervous because this movie clocks in at about two and a half hours long right which is you know, the shining also does as well yeah um uh but kubrick's directing style i think is like you you, you you're like ah stanley you know, whatever. You know, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're more comfortable with watching a two and a half hour Stanley Kubrick movie. I was really nervous at the beginning because it was like, oh God, is this going to go anywhere? Is this going to go anywhere? But, you know, spoiler alert, it does. It justifies the long run time, it justifies the setup at the beginning. Yeah. You just have to stick with it and don't be too nervous about it. It's also worth noting um, maybe if, again, if you're still listening to this and you hadn't seen it yet and you're still like kind of where we were and kind of nervous about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, this is this is based off of a Stephen King novel as well. Yeah, this is uh, Stephen King's actual direct uh, sequel to yeah. The Shining, which I'm sure that this director, I, I haven't looked that up. I'm guessing he probably played it pretty straight to the Stephen King source material. Yeah, may, probably. It feels very Stephen Kingy. Yeah. Um, whereas the the movie, the original Shining, feels very uh, Stanley Kubricky, right? Uh, and not as much Stephen Kingy. Yeah, uh, uh, this definitely feels like a Stephen King piece, uh, you know, which isn't a bad thing. Stephen King's uh, you know. <laughs> he's a very successful author for a reason. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, I, I will say that uh, Flanagan pays homage to uh, Kubrick in uh, several ways. Yeah. This movie which better. I thought like he did a very good job with that he stuff. He did. Super um, risky and, when you do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Super the, risky. what he did well was that like he, he did it. In moderation and yes. like, um, it's very tastefully. It's very tastefully done. Yeah. So there's a couple. There's a couple scenes that he, you know, kind of he he re- like recreates moments from yeah. The Shining. Mm-hmm. Um, like like straight off the bat, like you get the the shot of Danny riding his tricycle, yeah. the um, overhead da- pan down on the carpet. And yeah, that. yeah, and, and it's it's like when I when I first started watching it because I, I watched The Shining and then I watched this the, the day after I had seen it yeah um, which I, I think is again if I was going to recommend a way to watch this like try to watch them back to back or like yeah. within a day or, or, or two of them yeah so see you, you I can didn't. see the uh, well like you said you've seen The I've Shining seen a thousand Shining times a so yeah it's a little bit different times, yeah, yeah uh, but if you need like a refresher on The Shining you know it's 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 I, I think it's kind of good to watch them either back to back or within a, a you know a few days of each other yeah um but yeah, it was like I, I kind of initially thought that maybe it was you know they just like the, a clip from the movie, but then I quickly like realized that you know the kid looks a little bit different, <laughs> like the the yeah, shot right. was a little bit different. Um, but it was just a way of like catching you up with the story if you had if again if you hadn't seen The Shining for a while. Um, but it kind of picks up right after uh, you know like uh, Danny and his mom like 
get home from the Overlook, and they they move to Florida, yeah, because they want to be away as far away from snow as possible. Which I, I think thought was I fun. think later in the movie, Danny, way later in the movie, Danny says something like. Uh, we moved to Florida. We got a little place in Florida because we never wanted to see snow again. Yeah, yeah. Um, which makes total sense. Right. Yeah. It's also, I think, one of the reasons why they moved down there is because that's where... Um, I can't remember his name. The the, the chef uh, in the first one. Oh, um, I can't remember. It's like right at the beginning. Yeah. I but he, he also lives in Florida, yeah. which they establish in The, uh, in the Shining as well. Um, and they obviously had to recast him as well because uh, the actor who played him in the first one is, is dead now. Right. Um, but they, they got a guy who looked like just like him. Which yeah, I thought I was know. like really crazy. Um, yeah, there's uh, <laughs> even the 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 woman who they cast to play Shelley Duvall. Um, Shelley, I'm just gonna call her Shelley Duvall. <laughs> uh, Shelley Duvall is a, a very distinct looking human being. Yeah. Um, so to find somebody who who looks anything like Shelley Duvall is hard and then can actually pull off the same right the same acting style that she does in The Shining which uh, real quick aside here uh yeah, everybody talks about how great Jack Nicholson is in The Shining shout out to Shelley Duvall for a really solid performance in that movie I thought she was fantastic I I, I like really really good uh, Kubrick was famously like merciless to her when they were filming that movie like so much that her hair was like falling out by the end of the production, um, which whether that is to was to elicit an emotional response from her or whether it's just that Stanley Kubrick was a fucking brick. To, <laughs> you know, I'd like to think it was to uh, elicit an emotional response because I, I think that you see that in the performance. I think so, too. Um, um, there's a fame. OK, so uh, another little Kubrick aside, which I'm sure we're going to do a couple times here um, when they filmed A Clockwork Orange. Oh God! The who's the actor in A Clockwork Orange? Alex, I can't remember. Um, so the lead actor in A Clockwork Orange. The, the, there's the famous scene where they break into the rich guy's house. No, Alex is the character's name. Yeah, Alex, uh, the guy who plays Alex. I can't. McDonald. McDonald. Uh, Nor McDonald. No, it's <laughs> uh, oh, God. I can't remember his name. So uh, anyway, the the scene. Ronald McDonald. McDonald. <laughs> um, there's a scene when Alex and his droogies uh, break into this rich guy's estate and they just immediately start wreaking havoc, trashing the room. And they basically hold the guy down and, uh, you know, strap his wife to the wall and Alex basically rapes her in front of him. Because, uh, spoiler alert, if you've never seen Clockwork Orange, it's a pretty disgusting movie. It's designed to be... It's basically examining the animalistic, horrible nature of human beings. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen the movie, but I read the book. It's very aggressive, uh, very aggressive, very rough. Um, but uh, there's this that scene when he goes in and you know takes them hostage. You know, is very raw, very super aggressive. And as he's coming in, he's trashing the entire place. And that scene happened specifically because Kubrick made them refilm that scene about 108 times oh my god because he couldn't get it the way he wanted it so on the it was like 108th take uh the actor who plays alex just comes in he wasn't supposed to destroy anything he was supposed to come in and like aggressively you know like take them hostage basically but 
on the hundred and eighth take or whatever it was, he comes in and he's so pissed off that they've been filming this thing for sixteen hours. Oh my god! That he just destroys the entire set on the way in. And does the whole take and does the singing in the rain thing, which is horribly unsettling. Um, and they get the whole take and Kubrick goes, okay, good. <laughs> let's, let's go home. So Kubrick is kind of famous for that sort of shit. Yeah, the, right. You know, driving people insane to get an emotional response. The only person I think that he didn't do that to, the only movie where that didn't happen was Dr. Strangelove, because him and Peter Sellers were very close right. friends. <laughs> and it's kind of hard to tell Peter Sellers to do anything, because Peter Sellers already is great. You know? Yeah, you know? yeah. He didn't need the push. Well, he... he um, was it... Who, who was the guy who played... Um uh god what's the wow i'm totally blanking talking about george c scott yes yeah Yeah, george c scott he he like he basically told george c George c scott to to do every take like straight like very serious yes and then he was like yeah like have like have fun with it or whatever yeah and then uh he told george c scott that he would keep the serious takes in the movie yeah and and not the the silly ones and yet he did the opposite, right? And apparently, like, a, 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 like allegedly, George C. Scott was furious when he yeah. saw the movie because he he couldn't believe that you know they he, they they made him look funny, yeah. Because uh, he like he's a very serious actor. I mean, yes, he's fucking Patton and shit, like um, yeah. So like it, it, he, apparently he was very furious when he first saw it, but it, I guess he kind of came around to it because it is a one of the maybe one of the funniest That's performances, really funny, really funny. <laughs> in a very funny movie. Yeah. Um, There's a scene where you, ah. I don't know, Mr. President. He's just like very super exaggerated. God, I love that movie. It's so funny. Uh, but yeah, Kubrick is very well known for those kind of emotional responses. Um, and like I said, shout out to Shelley Duvall for that. But And uh, who, whatever child actor they got to play Danny. Well, yeah. He was great very at that. Good. Like very really, really good. good. Like that's a, like that, he had to do like a lot of, I think, probably very difficult things for yes. someone as young as he was yeah. to do. Nailed it. Yeah. Very convincing. Yeah. Um, and like super creepy. <laughs> yeah. Just like perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, getting back to Dr. Sleep, you know, I, I said shout out to Shelley Duvall for her very underrated performance in that movie. Um, uh, you know the actress that they got to play her in this one. We get to see her a few times, yeah. And some of them are uh, a handful, very small amount are are like direct reshoots of scenes in The Shining. Yeah, there's uh, a scene later, way later on in this movie, where we, we get to see this actress kind of curled up in the corner with the knife as the axe is coming through the door. Yeah. The icon- like, like the iconic shot from the, yeah. the shining. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like one-to-one. Like, yeah. I, I thought it was from the movie the first time I saw it. Cause she's just, she's doing the writhing correctly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, you know, uh, great attention to detail, very great attention yeah. to detail. Um, there's so, a couple yeah. more moments I want to talk about when it comes to that too later yeah. on the movie, which they, they do really, really well. Um, yeah, it's that that I guess all of this is to say that that is a tremendous risk to take. Yeah, uh, to recast those roles and to open the film with that mm-hmm. um, is a very 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 risky thing to do because you're kind of fucking with stuff that people know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, like it would be maybe different if it was a. <laughs> <laughs> less iconic movie but you're right. talking about like you're talking about the shine one of the most iconic movies of all time ever yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
and like and not not shying away from the iconic moments either like the right tricycle in the hallway scene and the and blood the, on the coming pouring through the yeah, yeah and and the 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 axe going through the yep. the bathroom door like like the the really big moments from the shining yep they replicate it's yeah. a great effect um so, including my favorite scene the bar scene which we yeah did, we did a great little oh man very modern take on that so good um wow. But yeah, so again, like this, it, it kind of just sets it up. So like this, it's kind of picks up from, kind of gives you an idea like you know what happened directly after The Shining, um, and then um, you also get introduced to the the movie's villain early on as well. Yes. Um, so and it's it's a, and I like that the opening scene with the villain is very ambiguous. Yeah. Um, and still like really creepy too. Yes. Uh, like uh, so you get introduced to um, is it. Mary the Hat. Mary the Hat. Mary the Hat. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she's like basically uh, can can sense the shining on people, the shine right. on people, um, and she kind of lures this this young girl away from her family, um, and and then like you get this like really great scene where she's being really nice with a kid, and like she she like makes a flower appear out of, out of her hat, and it's it's you know kind of cute. And then, like in the in the background, you see like these people kind of standing amongst the trees, yeah. And then they just like slowly close in, and right. and you kind of like it's that ominous, like okay, this is this is weird, this is not good. Um, but they also leave, like make it ambiguous, like as to what their intentions are, right? Um, but it's uh, it's it's really interesting. And then from there, you like fast forward to uh, more modern time, and uh, <laughs> you get to see like how Danny ended up. Yeah, um, not good. Spoiler not well, yeah. which makes perfect sense. Yeah, of course. Uh, for, for a kid who had to grow up with that kind of trauma. Right. Uh, to, to not, like... And then a... to have voices in his head all the time. <laughs> right, you know what I right. Mean? Yeah, so yeah. A, you know, he's a alcoholic, drug addict, um, and he's basically drinking to quiet his head down. Yes, yeah. They yeah. kind of talk about that. Like, the only thing that kind of suppresses it is, uh, you know, keep, like, staying drunk, staying on drugs, stuff like right. that. Yeah, total um, Stephen King trope. Yeah, total. St- if you've read anything by Stephen <laughs> King, makes total sense. It's right, perfect. Fits um, right in. And uh, you know, adult Danny played by Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I know, right? So good in this movie. Yeah, he's incredible. He's so good. I, I like. I'm watching it, and I'm like, "Is that Ewan McGregor?" <laughs> right. like the first, you know, it took me like an well, hour. You're and not I'm like, like used to seeing like dirty Ewan no. McGregor. <laughs> I like. I had to look it up. I got an hour into the movie, and I'm like, "There's th- okay, come on." And then I look. Not since like, train spotting have you seen a more depraved you and mcgregor yeah like he, <laughs> he looks very different he's definitely not obi-wan in this movie um, no he is uh but he's, he's very good he's really he's good very yeah. good in this movie um but yeah i like i like that you get this like nice catch up to see like okay <laughs> what's danny's like what, what's danny's life like now yeah um and then they juxtapose it with uh, this little girl's birthday party. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. Yeah, it's very um, weird. Uh, again, I, I have to I have to tell everybody listening, if you're if you're watching this for the first time, you know, you should stay with it. Yeah. Uh, it's very important to stay with the movie. Give it time, because it's not gonna seem like it it's any good at first. It seems like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. Um, but it's it, it, like all this stuff pays off. Yes. It all pays off later, which is... In a big way. It's really good. Yeah. So, um, you know, they, they, it's this really great scene. It's like they... It's this little girl's uh, birthday party and they have a magician there. Uh, they've hired to do that. And he's not a very good magician. Like, he, he's like... He's messing right. up his tricks and stuff like that. And, right. uh, 
um no he does he does a thing where he does like he does like the thing where you put your like a spoon on your nose and like one on each hand and he's yeah. like oh i can't find my spoons and the little girl's like oh i can do that too yeah he's like yeah, yeah okay cool, cool whatever, whatever shut kid. up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then like later on you like the her dad like has to go in the kitchen to, to get something and like he kind of like just stops and the camera pans up, and there's like all these spoons stuck to the just wall, just stuck to the ceiling, <laughs> or, or ceiling, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she's she's just kind of like sitting there on the floor, and uh, she says like "Abracadabra," and they all yeah, fall from fall. the ceiling. <laughs> it's just like, oh shit! Like, yeah. you, again, like it's cool because you 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 they you talk about the shining a little bit in the first one, yeah. But in this one, you actually get to see what sort of things it actually does. Right. It's not just voices in your head telling you, like, what people are going to do. It's, like, actual, like, magical powers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's telekinesis. Yeah, uh, and they, they go a lot more into that a little bit later, too. Because, um, like, in, in, the same, in the same time frame, uh, like, as they, you know, fast-forwarded, into, or like, later on, in the same, like, time span, uh, you also get... You also see a young uh like teenage girl uh like who lured an adult man to the theater um which uh you know because that's that's a thing that happens unfortunately yeah uh but she like uses it to her advantage uh because she can like make someone do whatever she wants them to do yeah which pays off in a huge way later oh my god Yeah. yeah um but she like she tells the guy to fall asleep and she like carves these like marks into the side of his face, yeah. So that there's no way he can hide what he did, yeah. And he'll always have to think about it. It was like that was like a like, oh shit, shit. that's yeah. that's like really clever. Uh, what a good way to turn a horrible thing around. Right. <laughs> um, but you also see like Maggie the Hat or Maggie or Mary, Mary, Mary the Hat, and uh, like her uh, sidekick are like watching the crow. Her, the crow. Yeah. The crow. Or like watching her in the back of the theater and be like, "Oh, I see what she did there." And yeah. then uh, she like convinces her to, to go along with them and and right, yeah. So it's important to note, you know, for this movie, your bad guy, bad guys, um, it's this group of people that, from the way that I understand it, they basically it's, it's a cult. It's a cult. They basically yeah. feed off of people with the shining. Yeah. Um, to help keep themselves young forever. Right, right, yeah. It's it's you know they're prolonging their their life uh, yeah. by absorbing the shine off people. Right, um, and that's how she entices this teenage girl to to go with them. Is like, how would you like to be able to to do this to every man, like, right. and, and stay fifteen years old forever? So you can right. always like trick people to doing this. Um, and so she, she tricks her into doing that and you, you get to see like what the initiation looks like and, and things like that. And that's also kind of where this movie started being like, started getting like really interesting. Like yeah, just going, yeah. going from like, Oh wow, that's, that's crazy. Let's see what, what happened with Danny. And oh, this, that's kind of weird to see what this little girl did. Then it's like, Oh, okay. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and, uh, get to see what that side of it's all about. And then you fast forward, um oh wait within the same time frame like danny just like decides to get on a bus and go to a town in maine yeah um which because like they they also show that the the little girl the birthday party also lives in a city in maine Mm -hmm. so it's like the connection is is already established this is another stephen kingism he loves maine (laughs) yeah um the shawshank redemption takes place in maine um isn't that where he's from 
Yeah. Okay. That, that makes, makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he loves Maine. So many of his stories take place in Maine. It's like his main location. Hey, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a show that he did on Amazon that's... Um, they they actually bring up Shawshank Prison at one point. That takes place in Maine. He loves he loves that location for some reason, probably because he lived there. Yeah, probably. Well, I'm sure it's much easier to write when you actually know you know the location and stuff like that. Right. Um, much less research to do. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah. So it, it, it and like immediately when he when he like got on a bus and went there, I was like, okay, I can kind of see where they're going with this. Like yeah. immediately, it's like you know, and it was like that's that's interesting. You decided to go there. Um, then he gets like, you know, he's, he's homeless basically. And some guys like finds him is like, Hey, um, and he like finds him a place to stay. Right. And then invites him to AA. And then like you fast forward eight years later and like it's jump cups to a clean shaven, uh, cleaned up Danny Torrance, like, like doing his like eight years sober thing at AA, uh, which is like a really, a really cool scene, based on, just based off of what he's been through, yeah. uh, which is cool, and it kind of gets you catched up, caught up to um, the modern day as well. Yeah, um, very huge risk to not only open like the movie with recasting the actors from the original, <laughs> yeah. morning, but then to like give you this like, okay, now we're now we're fifteen years in the future, now we're twenty five years in the future. Yeah. You know what I mean? They do that like, and it's this nice little slow build up. Um, that shouldn't work cinematically, but somehow they managed to make it work. Well, I think mostly because they do, you know, pay it off later. You they know? do, yeah. It, it, it's um, it's not for nothing. I think I think some movies do stuff like that, and it's just they don't know how to use that stuff effectively. This right. one does, um, which is is to its credit for sure. Um, and it kind of it, it's it makes it makes the audience feel better for having paid attention to those parts, yeah. seeing how it ties in later. Uh, which is cool, um, yeah. And like, and then you get this like great scene uh, during the AA meeting where. Uh, oh wait, no, I, I forgot to mention this before they skip it eight years ahead. At his first AA meeting, he meets a doctor. Yeah, uh, who's like kind of in charge, like the the head of that AA group. Um, and he shakes the doctor's hand, and he's like, he he's like. Hey, um, you left your watch on the uh, on the soap on the, dispenser, on the soap dispenser yeah. because you were nervous about the surgery you're about to perform. Yeah, and the guy was like, "What?" Yeah, he's like the 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 kid with the he, and he like mispronounces the disease. Right, right. He's like, "Yeah, you you took it off when you went to wash your hands before the surgery. Check the soap dispenser." And then the the next shot is basically the doctor has him in his office and he's holding up the watch and he's yeah. like, "So, uh, what the fuck?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, uh, and then he 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 gets to work for like the night shift at the at the uh, hospice, hospice. Yeah. which is uh, kind of important later, a little bit later on as well. Um, so yeah, you jump out to the his eight, he's eight years sober now. You know, he's he's working the hospice. He's he's kind of turned his life around. Yeah. Um, which is you know it's always good to see that in a movie. Especially when it's a character who's been through a lot of shit, because um, it would it would be like I think it would be I think it's important for the audience to see how we got there too. Yeah, because it would be like I think hard to accept that he's just you know uh, forty years later uh, or thirty years later after living this like fucked up reality. I agree. Yeah, uh, you know, and like when I was watching the movie, like at the beginning part, I was like, oh man, you know. Yeah, because it it does seem so weird until it's paid off. 
Um, but it pays off in such a big way that they absolutely 100% justify it yeah, to you. Yeah, Because you also, like, later on in the movie, you, you get to, because you've seen the struggle he went through, Yeah, you get to see the struggle he's going through and how it's related to that. It, it, it's, right. Yeah, it's, it's just done really well. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and, and like when he's working at the hospice, you know, he see like they have a cat there and, and you've heard, you, people have heard, like this is something that happens yeah. like in real life. Like it, sometimes animals can tell when someone's about to die Yeah, and there's a cat at the hospice and it like wanders into the room of whoever is going to die next or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that also comes into play too, because, uh, Danny is, does have the shining. He's able to kind of like put the, the, the people who are about to die to sleep, yeah. uh, like calmly. Um, and that's why they start calling him Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the title of the movie is in hey, the movie. Oh, they hey. said it. Um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of this nice little moment where like he he kind of has a sense of purpose as well, yeah. uh, which is good as well. Um, and yeah, you fast forward eight years later, and um, you get this. Oh wait, I keep forgetting about stuff that happens before they fast no, forward. No, it's okay. They, he, his, this guy that he meets who helps him get sober, takes him yeah. to his AA meeting, also puts him up in a... In a like, it's like a little upstairs apartment, basically. Yeah. It's like like the top floor of somebody's house, kind of like right. single room sort of apartment. Um, and they... <laughs> it's weird that they... I, I guess it makes sense that they explain it because they almost have to <laughs> right. justify why, why there's a chalkboard. chalkboard paint on the wall. Yeah, um... But yeah, he's he's in this little single room, and the one wall is chalkboard painted because the person who stayed there before was a math student, yeah, and he needed you know uh, space to you know um, write out his equations, write out his equations, and do his proofs and stuff. Which I just realized pays off later in the movie. There's a scene later in the movie, and we'll talk about it when we get there. But a character says to Danny. You know, uh, the mind is a chalkboard, and this is the eraser. Oh the, shit! You know what I'm saying? Oh my god! I didn't uh, even put that. I didn't together. either. I just that's, put that together. That's like, crazy. Like, oh shit! That's really good. That is really good. It's like it's like poetry. It's like they <laughs> rhymes. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so he's got this big chalkboard paint on the wall, um, and the uh, the person who he's who renting from basically writes like the rules, like rents do. Yeah behave yeah i like um, that scene a lot the the landlord lady is great and she has she gets like one scene one scene and the she's, whole movie. Great. she's great she's you, you immediately know what she's about yeah. i love it um yeah um but you know he he's basically been working in hospice for a while now right and then we see yeah this. he also is the uh the conductor for the like the big model train in the middle of town yeah yeah, yeah. it's this like little small towny uh gilmore girls kind of <laughs> yeah vibe. kind of they, they have like a like a big train for the kids in the center of town and he does that part-time yeah um but yeah he's got this big chalkboard painted wall uh, that they they set up very early, and then you know it's a big board. It's a big board. No, he's going to see, see the big board. Um, but uh, you know, basically, he comes home from uh, from hospice one day, and somebody's written "hello" on yeah. the chalkboard with a little smiley face in the middle. Right. Um, and then uh, he he writes on the wall back "hi." Right. And then it cuts to the little girl from earlier, and she's just, like, smiling in bed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so that's, I mean, the, I, it's weird to say that, but, like, 35 minutes into the movie, this is your send-off point. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, 
Which is weird and sounds like it shouldn't work. But again, be, I, I think it's like you said, they had to justify all of this to you. Right. I think they have to show you all of this for any of this to make sense. If they started the movie like five minutes before the chalkboard paint, you know, before the hello message, it would be really like it's like a lot for us to process yeah. right away. Yeah. Like so much so that most uh, Americans are going to turn it off. Um, yeah, and I, I think, you know, I, it's it's both sides. Like, I think, um, you know, some some people would want a shorter movie so it's yeah. more concise and less of a time constraint. Um, but, I, I again, I don't even know how you would do it effectively. I don't think it and works. I think, I think the movie is better for it, for I sure. Think, I think it falls apart if you try and trim the fat off of this movie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't fit. Yeah, but I, I will say, kind of once it once it does start going, I, it kind of picks up. Oh yeah, very pace, quickly, um, and like kind of snowballs mm-hmm. really effectively. Right up until like the last ten minutes, it's all ramp up. Yeah, yeah, the whole movies. But just... it's 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 like a slow build. But it's it, like as it's building, it's it's just it's like a snowball. It just yeah. constantly gets like bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. Um, and I think they do that really really well. Um, so yeah, you kind of get the idea that he, because the, the little girl has a shine and he does too, they're communicating with one another via this chalkboard, yeah. uh, which is like a really fun little thing as well. Um, and so, um, so, Morty. Hmm? Morty. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, and, and you know, one, one, one day, like eight years later, um, I'm trying to remember how, how it's like initiated, uh, cause she, she writes, like writes another message on the chalkboard and I can't remember what it was. Um, do you remember? Cause you, I don't remember. I don't remember what starts it off, but I know she taps into somebody else. She taps into Mary the hat basically. Is that how it gets like started with that then? <sighs> or is it? I think so. I think it starts with her basically like like going into radio mode and seeking, you know what I mean, like listening. Oh gosh, I just watched this movie today. I can't like <laughs> I can't believe it. Um yeah, so like I guess I guess it doesn't make a huge difference, but what what does happen is that she basically she basically taps into. She's trying to find other people with the shining from yeah, what I right. Um, and she she basically in the process of this stumbles onto uh, Mary the Hat and her merry brigade of uh, soul drinking assholes. Yeah. Um, basically searching out this little boy who uh, has the shining, and uh, like. In in easily the most upsetting scene. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, in in a, a movie that I've seen in maybe the last ten years, um, they basically like lure this kid into the into their van and then drive him out in the middle of nowhere, tie him down, kill him, and uh, but they do like kill him slowly. Kill him very slowly. So they establish that. So like when the the way they they kind of draw the shine from from people, it, like it manifests as like a smoke that they are able to like drink up. Yeah. And they they explain that um screen like fear and pain make it pure, more pure, more potent, so they can get more you know sustenance from it. Um. And so that's why they're like torturing this this. <laughs> This poor kid and like yeah. killing him slowly and it's like it's a gruesome scene. They it's don't show they upsetting. don't show like so much that it would be grotesque. 
No, it's um, not grotesque. It's not like it's not like super. It's not like gory yeah. Or, it's not like a like a torture porn thing. No, um, it's just it's genuinely upsetting in the in the, like a very real yeah very real kind of way. Uh, they they basically they had they throw the kid on the dirt. And then they're they 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 have like tent poles that they set up, mm-hmm. and they strap him to the tent poles, and he's got his arm. They're just basically splaying him out. And uh, shout out to that little boy actor for very convincingly portraying being uh, kidnapped and tortured. Because <laughs> um, he's yelling things like "I I won't tell anybody," yeah, "I won't tell I won't yeah. tell anybody" is like a very upsetting phrase. <laughs> Right. Um, to hear from a little kid yeah. for a, a huge number of reasons. Um, and it was like a scene where like, I, I'm watching it and I had to go like, oh, God. Like, you don't want to watch it. It's, no. It's, it's, done, it's done so well that it's so real. Um, and it's just, it, I mean. It's, well, because the, 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 the worst thing about all this is that that actually happens. It does happen, of, yeah. Right. You know, what without the supernatural element right without without like without it not in the context of a movie shit like this happens yeah and it's it's just portrayed uh so realistically and so uh viscerally yeah um that it, it's tough to watch it's genuinely tough to watch yeah it and, really is um, um but, yeah, but uh yeah <laughs> she basically watches them torture and murder this boy and then drink his uh, drink his shine yeah um and the whole time she's like experiencing it because she's like tapped in yeah um and she's like in her bed at home like screaming and 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 crying and all that stuff as well right um but she basically she, she kind of reaches out to uh danny um because you know she I, i'm guessing she just needs well, cause she, well i think because she already had a connection to him right um and because they kind of established that she's like extremely strong with the shine yeah um and is she also reaches out to marry the hat while she's doing yeah. it and tells her to stop yeah which is where like which is uh, another big send-off point for the movie yeah yeah they yeah. discover that she exists right right she's very but the crazy powerful. thing is like this is taking place in like iowa yeah and the little girl's in maine right and and like for it to travel that far is like an immediate like sign to them that she's like extremely like, strong right um but yeah and, and and so like she knows that she exists and um like in the middle of that going on and then um, we get this great little nod to the original movie here because she she basically she taps into Danny's side and and she sends right. the, the big message through the wall and we get this big crash like the wall cracks and then we get to see red rum written on the wall again which is a great little nod yeah because at first he's like so it's crazy so like we said earlier her previous messages to him were in chalk on the on the board yeah this is like she's it's so powerful that it cracks the wall itself yeah to form the word yeah. uh which is just like you know immediately you can tell like it's not normal uh, and yeah, you see the red rum because he like he yeah. gets knocked out of his bed and looks up immediately into his mirror. Yeah. And that's where you see the red and rum. Because it's writ- it's it's interesting little because they flip flop it for this one. He sees in the mirror that it says red rum, but it's written as murder on yeah. the wall. Yeah, uh, which is the opposite of what happens in the shine. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it's we you know a nice little tip of the cap there to the. Uh, to the original uh we get to see that big and and i think that's a stephen king choice but you know to have it you know blasted right in our face on screen is really cool and it's done really well 
Uh, yeah, but yeah, she basically spells it out for me. You know, murder on the wall, and he writes who. And then underneath that, you see uh, it's like baseball. She boy. says baseball boy. Yeah. Baseball boy. Yeah, right. Um, uh, and that's uh, send off point number two that gets us started. Mary the Hat knows that this this little girl exists and she's very very powerful. Um, this little girl knows what she's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and now Danny knows what they're doing because Mary or um, Abra. Abra, that's the little girl's yeah, name. Yeah. We should call her by her name. Abra uh, basically seeks Danny out um, through The Shining. Uh, well, like discovers his location physically first <laughs> um, because of The Shining, and and explains to him, you know, uh, that she's researched who they killed and you know where it was. Yeah, you get this really cool um, thing when 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 this is happening, and she's like tapped in. Uh, to um, the baseball boy and and Mary the Hat, she sees she's like tapped into Mary the Hat, um, and she sees as they're driving away the sign of the the place where they went to go uh, kill this boy and, and bury him. Yeah. Um, and like it's this really cool like she does a little bit of detective work, which is which is neat. Um, to kind of figure out like where this boy is and right. uh, and all that and where they where they had him so it's like a really cool scene how they show that yeah she's basically like passed out on her bed and she's she's holding a pen and <laughs> yeah. a notebook and she's as she's her eyes roll back into her head and she's trying to visualize where they what they where they were going and you know where they went to do it so she's just scribbling like and she she just you know writes down a sign that she sees yeah. that they passed on the way in. It was like this factory that's closed until further notice. So she writes that. Right, right. Uh, and we get this like really aggressive sh- overhead shot of the like the convoy of all of them, you know, following, but the way that it's filmed is like it's it's sped up like 25%. Yeah. So we get to see all this these long convoys of cars and uh like campers basically snap to attention as they round these winding curves. And even that comes across as super creepy and yeah. super unsettling. Um which is weird cuz it shouldn't. <laughs> um, I, I thought it looked cool. I don't but know. it looked really really <laughs> yeah. cool. Uh, it, but it, it, something about it I, I maybe it was just me it was just very unsettling. Um which is great. Uh, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, if you're going to do a sequel to The Shining, you should feel unsettled all the way through. Right, right. That's uh, how you do it. Yeah. And they did it a very different, like I said, a very different way than how Kubrick accomplished it. But it's little things like that that they throw in there that yeah. kind of space it up a little bit. Right, right. Um, and, and and so, like, yeah, that, that's where like, Abra kind of tracks Danny down and finds out where he is. And um uh, she calls him his, his uncle Danny. Uncle Danny. Yeah, uh, which is which is fun. Uh, which also pays off later when he actually like goes to meet her in person. Yeah, yeah, and shows up at her parents' house. And right. She's like, "Oh, Uncle Dan!" Like the father comes <laughs> out, and he's understandably totally fucking <laughs> yeah. flipping out. Right. Like, Why so is you're, oh, you're Uncle Danny, and you actually fucking showed up here? Like, yeah. Like this, this like forty year old man, yeah, like, uh, showing up for like a like a fifteen year old girl's, yeah, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> the da- dad is understandably fucking pissed, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. To- makes total sense. Super, super, super good. Um, yeah, but he, what he basically like he he basically tells her no, we can't have you know 
can't have anything to do with this. Uh, right. You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't get involved with these people because obviously they're going to see, seek you out. Yeah. Um, and then we, we get uh, one of the coolest scenes in the movie, I think, is, is basically her not listening to Danny and uh, uh, trying to find Mary. I have to look. Okay. Am I lying to you? Is it Mary the Hat? I swear to God it was Mary the Hat. I feel like it's Mary the Hat. Um, but yeah, so yeah, this scene is incredible. And it's it's there's so many cool parts of it. Um, the way that she goes out and finds her, it's this really, really, really weird shot where she like gets up in her bedroom and like grabs onto the her window pane. And then yeah. the camera tilts and her body doesn't tilt with the camera. And so she's like like floating next to the window. And then you get to see the shot of like her like actually floating next to the window, and then you can see her like kind of flying through space, basically yeah. to get there. It's 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 a really creative shot overall. It's it's really really interesting and kind of I think it conveys the the sense of what she's doing really well. Yeah, um, it's Rose the Hat, by the way. We're Rose both, the Hat. We're both stupid. Rose the, the, flowers. the flowers. Yeah. The flowers. Oh we're my both, god. We're both fucking idiots. I watched Sorry. this movie two days ago, I guys. Literally just watched it today. <laughs> we're both fucking stupid. Yeah. 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 Rose the hat. Rose uh, the hat. Yeah. We but we get we basically get to see uh, uh, Abra Abra Cadabra. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So she's like tracking her down, and then yeah, I get this amazing scene. So uh, Rose the hat is at like the grocery store just to get supplies yeah, shopping right yeah just because you know they're they're a nomadic group you gotta get you gotta go to the stores every once and, in a while and she basically establishes with the rest of the group like oh no i'll be ready i'll be ready the next time she shows up because she tells them you yeah know, like no there's somebody i felt very powerful she's very far away very powerful very far away <laughs> And I, let me tell you, folks, I'm going to be ready the next time she comes around. <laughs> oh, that's um, funny. But yeah, uh, so it just so happens that, uh, you know, uh, Abra discovers Rose in, in, like a, in like a grocery store in the middle of the night. Yeah. Uh, just shopping for food, uh, which is a really funny scene for this, you know, or really funny place for the scene to take place in. Yeah. Um, they could have done... Uh, and again, I think that's definitely a Stephen King thing. I have like I've read the book, but it, you know, yeah, probably for a scene this cool, like a visual this cool, uh, to take place in somewhere so so, so mundane, so mundane, yeah. so completely like inconspicuous. Yeah, um, but yeah, basically, like Rose senses that Abra is there and doesn't make it outwardly known. Yeah, uh, Abra basically taps into Rose. Right? Yeah, like, well, she, like the establishing shot for this scene is so cool because, like, yeah, Abra is—it's like a point of view of like just going down the grocery store aisle, and then you see outwardly Abra is like floating in place, moving down the aisle, right? And then it flips to where you see Rose walking down the the grocery store aisle and you can kind of understand like what's actually happening yeah it's really well done it's it look it's like first first very creepy yeah and then it's like oh that's really cool yeah. and interesting at and one then, point abra looks down and she sees you know white hands with all these rings and you know what i mean yeah yeah like adult you know white woman hands with all these like weird ornate rings and stuff on and it's like oh oh shit she's like you know actually there <laughs> um and then Rose basically kind of realizes right away exactly what's happening and doesn't doesn't let on right mm -hmm. away. Um, 
And this is very, very cool. There's a very little subtle thing that they did here. She walks up to uh, like a frozen food case, you know, like, yeah. like the glass frozen food case. And she's standing in the mirror and she kind of like adjusts her hat and her hair. And it, it, they don't they don't draw attention to it, which which is great because it doesn't cheapen the effect. When you when she's looking at her reflection in the mirror, the camera's tilted in just such a way that you can see that the reflection isn't of Rose, it's of Abra with her eyes rolled back in her head. Yeah. Like super, super subtle. Um and, and like if you if you weren't if you weren't paying close enough attention, you could actually miss it. Um which is great. Yeah. I love I love when they trust the audience to notice little cool things. I don't think I noticed that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So exactly. That's you so. Know, that's so cool. It's perfect. It's this nice little subtle thing where she's like looking at her reflection, and you understand as an audience member exactly what's happening there. Like she's looking to, you know, she knows Abra's there, and she's looking to, you know, kind of see her face to face. But the reflection is just this little subtle key thing, and if you blink, you'll completely miss it. And it's, it's yeah, you know, I, I totally miss it. Um, it's just this neat little subtle thing, and I love when when movies do that because a lesser movie I think would have panned completely. Around oh yeah, and shown that reflection directly. Um, so it's nice when you, when you let your audience kind of pick up on things, you know. But then she uses that that reflection to tap into Abra. Yeah, um, and you get this nice little like back and forth. You know, again, like Rose confident, thinking she can take it on. Right. And uh, Abra being as, as as powerful as she is, like pushing back. And then you get this amazing moment when she, when Abra like pushes her all the way out. Absolutely and, back. Yeah. <laughs> and it like blows open the glass of the, uh, the, the grocery store case yeah. and sends her flying across the yeah, floor. It like breaks cartons of milk. Yeah. the lights. Uh, pushes, pushes her, her back, back and then pushes, pushes her, her back, back again when she's on the floor. Yeah. This really cool effect of Rose kind of just sliding back, you know, uh, trying to brace herself as Abra kind of forces her out of her head. Right. Um, yeah, really, really cool scene. Um, in, in a movie full of really, really cool scenes, that one might be the coolest. Um, I like it quite a bit. Well, I think it's the it's it's the, the location, yeah. and it's also like the first time you see the like the villain and the protagonist really square off. Yes, um, and that's always good in any. I think like if it's done well, it's always good in any movie. Yeah. But it's it's done really well in this one. You kind of get the you get the um, you know it, it's it's the overconfident villain, and then the the hero who's who is stronger than she realizes mm-hmm. but is still scared because she doesn't realize how strong she is right and it's just like that that sort of going back and forth which is really well done um so yeah that, that, that's a really really cool scene uh and then and then you know rose kind of realizes that you know she is way stronger than she thought yeah um and that they need to go find her yeah. because like because of how how strong she is yeah, yeah rising action, action number three i think is what you could call this this is like Every, every every stage where we've said so far where this is a rising action, this is where the plot starts picking up. Basically doubles in speed every time. I was saying, it's like a snowball effect. Yeah. It just, it's constantly gaining speed on itself. Whenever we hit one of these main points, you know, it just gets faster and faster and faster until we get to the end. Yeah. With this big crescendo right at the end. Um, super effective. Super, super well done. Um but you're going to have to remind me of this movie that I just watched <laughs> less than 12 hours ago. Um, 
So is is it at this point that Danny decides to join her, or we get, don't we get another scene here where uh, Rose and Abra are basically like shuffling in between each other's brains? No, that happens later. Okay. Um, so th- this is where I think th- I think this is where Abra goes and finds Danny in person. Yes, because um, it, it's reached the point where she like she needs help right. uh, with this. So. Um, she does like the the sly like cool kid thing where her her mom drops her off at school and then waits for her mom to, to drive away and then she bails bails on it yeah. uh, goes gets on a bus and goes goes find Danny um, and it, it, I like that they address how how weird it is that an adult is sitting with a girl on a bench yes uh, he addresses that head on he's like hey I gotta tell you like right now it's really not a cool thing yeah right. <laughs> This doesn't look good. This doesn't yeah. look good. And like um, uh, Danny's friend, kind of like you kind of see him like yeah, I yeah, like like should, what's what's that about? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, right, right. Uh, but you, she, she basically this is basically where like yeah, Abra, Danny like, urges her to please don't pursue this. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's right because Rose goes seeking her out next. Yeah, but um, well, so like um, I, I think this is where she kind of convinces him. To help her find the the boy, um, but that she that she needs to stay like safe. Yeah. Um, and well, no, because because Rose breaks into Abra's mind. Nope. It's it's that's later. It's later. Okay. So th- this is and, and this is the point where um, like Danny kind of comes clean with his friend and tells him about everything. Yeah. And then they go on a road trip to go find the the dead boy. Yes. Um, so th- yeah, this is where like he's like, hey, look, we're gonna help you with this. But you have to stay home, yeah. um, and stay out of it. Uh, and and if if we find him, we'll 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 like let you know. Yeah. But this is where like you have to like stay put. And they um, find him. Spoiler yeah, alert. Yeah, they find yeah. him. Um, yeah, she, she wants, wants him to d- specifically dig up the baseball glove because one of them put the baseball glove on. Yeah, and then she'd be able to track them based on that. Right. Uh, which is like a really, really, I think a good way to like bring that in. Um, and I, I also really like the scene uh, when they're when they're driving on their way out there, and uh, you know, Danny's friend is basically like, "Hey, man, um, this is like some crazy shit." Yeah, he he says something <laughs> like, you know, if because Danny tells him like, uh, you know, I need you to I need you to sit down and try and believe this more than you've ever believed anything in your life. Yeah, um, and you know, his friend says something to him like, you know, if if this isn't true and you're just, you know, making this all up, you know, it means you're absolutely crazy. And he's like, and I can work with that. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, that's fine. I can, you know, but you know, if this is true, and Danny basically finishes it for him. He's like, yeah, it's way fucking scarier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, Which is like, I, I, the, I really like that this movie, and it's, it might be in the book too, but they, they really, like... They very much They address. kind of answer the audience's questions while yes. they're asking them. Right. And, and, it's, and that's, that's for all those, those nerds that are, like, nitpicking all the right. useless shit. People like me that are like, yeah, right. you know, if this was real life, this would be, like, a way, way weirder thing, and they wouldn't just go along with it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's there for those people like me, and that's why I like it, because it's, it's, like, yeah. it answers those questions, Perfect. you know... Before the audience asks them, that feels more like a directorial thing than it does a Stephen King. Thing. It could, be, yeah, it could be, um, you know, it, 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 in, in, like in terms of adapting the novel, yeah, sort of thing. 
Um, wow. But I, I like that the movie does it at several points, and it, it's really, really, it feels natural too. Yeah. Because uh, like, like the conversation they have in the car feels very natural, and I like it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they they go out there and they they like dig up the kid, and again, the reaction is also very natural. It's yes. like they're they're not like they're completely disgusted that they found. You know, a, this, a, a decomposing little boy. Yeah, yeah. It's a very um, upsetting scene, and it's it's both like coming in terms with the the fact that this is very real, and like they they killed this little kid, and they're like yeah. dealing with, with all the ramifications of that, like all coming to a head at once. There's a um, very there's a very good shot here as they're like exhuming this body, uh, basically, where Danny like is is brushing dirt away, and he brushes dirt away and rolls his hand across fingers yeah um and the only the, the, the closest thing that i could equate that to shot wise is there's a uh, a great episode in the final season of breaking bad and it takes place right after the train robbery episode do you remember that uh i think i know what you're talking about yeah okay so spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't watched breaking bad yet that came out 10 years ago um, is it 10? It's not 10. Oh, uh, if it's 10, that's like real. I, know, that hurts. <laughs> I feel so old. Um, yeah, so there's an episode where, like, they basically they're robbing a train, they're looking for methylamine, which is this big yeah. chemical they use to make their meth. And they successfully pull off the train robbery, but, like, right at the end of the episode, there's this little kid who's there and just watched them do the whole thing. And then this guy that they hired as a tagalong guy because they needed a third basically without any like remorse just fucking shoots this kid which is still the most heinous thing i've ever seen on television yeah he's fucking murdered a kid on tv yeah um and one of the biggest what the fuck moments in a show full of what the fuck moments but the very next episode is is super well done because it's basically like them driving back to their headquarters with a big truck full of dirt and it's completely silent like you can't hear anything going on there's just this ambient noise and they're brushing dirt away from this truck and then you just see a hand, little boy's hand fall out yep and that's so heartbreaking um and when i was watching this movie that's the first thing i thought of because i think that i, I thought that scene was so effective when I when I watched it in Breaking Bad for the first time, and to see it here, this is even more like aggressive and straightforward. Um, uh, there's very little subtlety to it because it's in full fast motion. Right. Like he's just brushing away dirt, and then you see these kind of fingers pop out, and it's very like, oh god. You and know. then the reaction of the characters is is to perfectly aligned with that. Yeah. Oh yeah, to get sick, and yeah, away and freak out because that's you know you know <laughs> right right you know. Um, but yeah, they 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 basically dig up the the baseball glove, and then this is where we get the great scene with the father. Um, yeah, they drive to go uh, to go find him, and he basically while they're on the way there, he um, he links with Abra, and he basically tells her, "You need to show your father. Please show him." Yeah, um, <laughs> and then they pull into the driveway. And the and dad here comes dad with Abra's like no dad don't and he's out like wound up like he's ready to fucking hit this guy yeah and Danny's reaction is so great here he like he turns to Abra and he goes he's because like, the dad's like oh so your uncle Dan and Danny goes to her like 
I, I told, told you to show him. him. Like, it's yeah. so, like, like, nonchalant. Like, no, I told you to show him. And she's like, I told him. And he's like, that's not the same. Right. Um, so, yeah, he basically pins Danny to the car. And goes, ah, come on. You know, like, I don't want any part of this. Um, and right before uh, dad takes his fucking head off, uh, Abra uh, shines into her dad uh, and basically shows him everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, this would be rising action number four, I think. This yeah. is where we get this big, like, uh, this is where we're starting to, to go towards the crescendo. We're talking about these quickly here, but, you know, it, again, it's super important to note that this movie is a very slow burn. Yeah. Um, so each of these moments is, like, we're getting well into the flick. I feel point. like when we get to, the, like, the last section of the movie, there'll be... We'll, we'll probably spend a lot of time on that. Yeah, I know. Because there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot. It's very, very... Uh, <laughs> there's a lot that they cram into the last couple minutes there. Yeah. Last 20 minutes or so. Um, um, and then... Uh, so th- this is... I think it's... Um, when they're on their way back to Abra is when she taps back into Rose. Yeah. Um, and then you get this, like, one of the, again, another one of, like, the best scenes in the entire movie. Yeah. Um, so, like, Rose flips it on Abra again. Yeah. And she's, like, in Abra's mind. And you it's, like, a really clever um, way of representing what, like, your memories look like and what your thoughts look yeah, like. Filing cabinets. It's a bunch of filing cabinets. They're all labeled like it's. I, 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 Dad, mom, piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really. It's kind of cute. A little boys, bit. Boys. There's all these boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I kind of. I, I should have like paused the, the movie. I, I, I was trying to read them. Really. Yeah, I should have paused the movie and like tried to look through them all. But it's it's really kind of cool. And uh and, and so um Rose is like oh cool I'm just gonna like get all the information I can. She's like rummaging through the filing cabinet. Yeah. And then um, I th- thought it was really cool how you get to see how like Abra visualizes herself in, in yeah. this moment too, uh, which is cool. Um, so like earlier on in the movie, you see on like her nightstand, she has like an action figure of this like superhero with like long purple hair and like, uh, you know, bright, bright blue suit and stuff like that. And then when you see like the way she visualizes herself in, in this area, she has like long purple hair instead of the hair she normally has. I did not catch that. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool, a wow. really cool like throwback to that. Yeah, man, I didn't yeah. catch that. Well, yeah, that's great. Yeah, you know, we're we're actually, actually <laughs> figuring stuff out, or, like finding stuff as we're talking about. Yeah, this. yeah. So that, that that was like a really cool uh, like moment there, like to see like what how she thinks of herself in this moment. Very cool. Um, and then and she kind of like turns it on on Rose and and, and makes her realize that like. Rose isn't in control. Yeah. Abra's in control. And she slams the filing cabinet on her fingers in there. Yeah. And like, it's very violent. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this is maybe like the most overtly grotesque part of this movie. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> she like gruesomely slams the filing cabinet. And then we get this great reversal where Abra's flipping through. She goes into Rose's mind. Uh, it, which I think Rose says, oh, man, you know, my mind's like a cathedral. And then, yeah. It is actually like a cathedral with all these long drawers and files in it, and we get to see Abra kind of like thumbing through. The yeah, wall. she's like going like super fast through them, right. like flying around and like flipping through the the files like she's really, really John quickly. John Malkovich being John Malkovich. <laughs> yeah, basically, you know, yeah, like, yeah, like flipping through them. Um, and it's just it's just like a really cool scene that shows like just how in control she is in this moment and that yeah. stuff. And uh, like Rose is like desperately trying to like 
dig her hand out of the filing cabinet and you can yeah. see like the skin coming off it's just like oh my god yeah, like very like <laughs> super great effects like, yeah i don't know i don't know who did that makeup but uh shout out to the prop designer for that, yeah dude. That was awesome. it looks it looks as horrible as it should yeah, it like, should. It's, it's really good it's it's not digital at all that is a 100 percent practical effect yeah and it looks fucking real well because you see later like when when she finally kicks her like gets gets free of the hold yeah uh, and, and actually it's there she's got the yeah she's she actually has it in real life yeah and it's also great because every time she is doing this uh rose i'm talking about she's like sitting on top of her van yeah or her winnebago or whatever and when she like gets kicked out of this again she goes like flying off the roof and like rolls yes. away and it's like this really you you get really get this Fun. yeah it's it's this, yeah this crazy like you really get the sense of like how like strong Abra is in this moment um it's really really cool and then and that's when she like tells tells Danny's like I I got everything and I, I I found everything out about it yeah um and all that and uh that that was like a you know really crazy moment too um that's also where like you know because because now like rose knows exactly where abra is right and that's what starts like the the hunt for for abra right um we get, get a trap. trap they basically spring a trap yeah set a trap for, yeah uh, but it, it's 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 really it's really well done too because the um the good guys set the trap for the bad guys yeah but the bad guys set a trap for the good guys too yes and it's like it's you don't know what's happened and it's I, I, I kind of I, I always feel like I'm I'm pretty d- good at like f- like seeing things ahead of, time. ahead of time in movies. Yeah, I was genuinely surprised. Me too. Uh, when when the crow got a hold of Abra. Yeah. Um, I was genuinely surprised and like immediately like really really sad. Yeah. <laughs> because of all the stuff that happens. So um, like Danny and his friend um go and track down this this group what are they called is the the the, the knot that sounds yeah, yeah the, the knot, knot sounds right something yeah. like something not yeah goes and tracks them down and uh earlier on um when they're digging up the the the, the dead body yeah um, the, the friend gives a great little story about like oh i used to go hunting and yeah you know, he talks about clipping a deer and then not being able to track it down like even though he knows that it's dying yeah and then finding it like five days later decomposing uh and he's like i smell the same thing right now yeah um which spoiler alert if you never smelled dead body before a <laughs> uh, very unique smell well i'm glad i've never had to uh do yeah, that no. um but yeah and, and when when they're going to see this it's like hey do you sell those hunting rifles yeah um and so they they go and like they literally go hunting for this for this group yeah um and it's it's a like a it's a feel good scene until it isn't <laughs> right yeah we, we get to watch these guys uh and we got to see a little earlier in the movie one of the one of the members basically starved to death of this group the, the oldest one yeah one of the reasons why they're they're so interested in finding abba or abra is because they're they're losing um you know they they're they're have they're getting like fewer and fewer instances where they're finding people to shine eat well live well i think is what what they keep repeating yeah eat well live eat well live long eat well, yeah and uh they haven't been eating well um right and so yeah the oldest member uh you know dies of starvation and i will like the effect that they use when yeah. when these people are dying is so cool yeah it's very it's good. really because like you can see them like kind of face shifting out of like 
their their body they're in right now into like an older form and then right. back and forth and then like a skeleton. It's just like a really really cool very effect. Good. Very very. Good. Uh, you know, it reminds me a lot of like um, like Last Crusade, right, or, or something like that. Very um, very good. Um, I, I thought I thought it was uh, used to great effect there, but they set it up so you get to see exactly what it looks like earlier in the movie. Yeah, in a very slow, deliberate way, so the audience gets to, you know, see exactly. So it doesn't what it looks so like. like you you understand what's happening. So when you see it later, it doesn't look like yeah. out of place. And, and when you see it quickly, because this this scene takes goes very very quickly. Yeah, and basically, I I did not expect to see a shootout in this movie. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, it, you know, I, I would not have thought that was this movie. But that's what you know. Abra basically sets sets a trap. I think they they take like a stuffed bunny rabbit or something that she has. Yeah, it's a really cool effect. She plays a trick on um, like um, you know she basically. Uh, tricks these people into thinking that this stuffed rabbit is her, right? Uh, so that when they when they capture it and they bring it back to their their camp or whatever, yeah. um, they're like, oh wow, that was really easy. Yeah. And then um, they snap out of it and she's just holding a rabbit. And yeah, like, it's the fifteen year old girl that we saw at the beginning of the movie. She bas- she goes to drug her basically. Yeah, and then when she realizes what's happening, she's just you know pulls a needle out of a stuffed bunny rabbit yeah and then all of a sudden the the shoe sting starts uh, <laughs> the shoe sting the shoe sting uh, yeah they uh they you know they start uh they start murking these guys yeah yeah and it's 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 a it's a really it's a it's a good action scene in general yeah um but it's also like you you kind of get this like great like hurrah yeah. moment where like the heroes are winning until you don't oh man um and it's it's and again like so they're they're taking them all out and they're like kind of counting to, to see you know, who all is there because you know Abra told them the, the exact number of who who all is there and um, well, well the the, the first, first thing is you know they they basically kill everybody except the fifteen year old girl but she gets wounded and she goes into the uh, the Winnebago right. um, to get away and um, so like they, they they Danny's Danny's the one who's basically closing on the door yeah yeah. Um, and he realizes he's out of ammo as she opens it, and then she gets to. We get to see her do this little mind trick thing again, and she says something to him like, "Aren't you tired?" Yeah, she's trying to get him to fall asleep. Um, yeah, and she basically successfully does until Abra wakes him back up. Um, but by that point, uh, she's got the rifle trained on him, and she's about to kill Danny. Yeah, and then the best friend comes around the corner and shoots her in the fucking neck. Yeah awesome yeah um and and so she's 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 going down and she's she's dying uh, and while she's like in her death throes basically um danny's like trying to tell his friend not to get too close Don't get close to her yeah and and this is where she like tricks him and she's like you kill yourself basically yeah, she, said, she, she says just says kill yourself and the friend turns to the you know very robotic <laughs> and just trains the rifle, the barrel of the rifle on himself, right underneath his chin, and without you know, without hesitation, just blows his fucking head off. Yeah, which is like, I don't know what your reaction to it was, but I, I mean, I was just, I, like, I was just gutted. I was just, I was just heartbroken, man. I, I went, oh shit! Like I was, it was like I did not expect that. because, like, genuinely surprised. And again, this, this is that moment feels so much heavier because you got yeah. to see. How much this guy meant to Danny? Like yeah, you, you he he, he basically re- dragged him out of the dirt and right. like set him up for success, yeah. and 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 took him this whole way and and didn't didn't back up like didn't back out when like right. he told him like, this crazy story, 
and like this because it's like they have a real friendship there and like yeah. to see that just like end like that instantly and, and because and, and because like he followed danny into this like he he could have he could have not been involved at all right. um and, and but because he got because danny got him involved it, that's what like it, it's like the whole thing yeah the, 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 how gruesome it is like how how like um like robotic it's done and like just knowing the the whole journey of this character up to that point right it's all like it all pays off and it's just like yeah so like when we talked at the beginning of this podcast about how you should stay with this movie because it, it seems weird that they're doing all this at the beginning it all pays off yeah and this um, is one of those moments where it this definitely is does. this is like maybe the first one of those moments where we get to see like this big full payoff yeah um and then yeah i mean it, like it, it's basically picking up huge heads of steam from there and then and so like um abra like wakes wakes danny up yep and and she's seeing that like they're, they're one of them is is not there right and then it's from there then you see the crow, the crow. Yeah. Uh, plunging a needle into Abra's neck and 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 um, sedating her. Yeah, great shot here. I want to I want to give. Uh, we're going to talk uh, once we get to the end of the uh, the plot points about some of the artistic choices for this movie. But I feel like it's worth noting here. There's a really great shot where uh, the crow is carrying her out the front door. Uh, like limp her limp body over his shoulder and then we get this nice dolly shot over the top of the steps to the front door and it's this nice zoom in of the father's body on the floor yeah very good shot uh, yeah super effective super well done and there's a lot of those in and it, it, it lets you kind of like take in that emotional moment as well because yeah. like again like the dad was just an innocent bystander, uh, mm. basically, and it's it and like I don't know about you, but I I really got to like the the more we got to know her parents, the more I was like, oh, yeah, these, are, yeah. these are cool people. Yeah, yeah, I like these guys. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah all the characters are also super believable. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Which which helps a lot. Yeah, they're all they're all very <laughs> likable characters. Yeah. Even the bad guys have a lot of a lot of depth. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's very easy to to you know. Uh, fall in with them and kind of like get attached to them. Um, but yeah, that, like, I wanted to point out that shot because that shot is really, really good in a, in a, a, a movie with, with a lot of like tip of the caps to Kubrick and the way that he filmed him. That shot is totally original to this movie. That's not a Kubrick shot. That's this yeah. guy. Um, and it's really, really good. Yeah. I like that. I, I thought that was like a really heavy moment and it was like done really well. Um, and then and then yeah like then you get like Danny like basically like on his own um and he has to like try to find Abra and save her right um and Abra's been drugged so she's they're like what they they basically said that they sedate her to the point where the shining doesn't work anymore right right um, so her radio's off yeah basically um and 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 Danny's at his lowest point and yeah. like this is where like he uh because again, like he's been eight years sober at this point, and he doesn't he doesn't know what to do, and he like goes and he gets a a bottle of uh, Jack Daniels, I think. Yeah. Um, and he's he's like he's he's about to take a well, drink. No. Yeah, even better. He takes the because the father when they were explaining all this. To oh the father, yeah. He's drinking. He's drinking whiskey, and he turns to both you know Danny and his friend, and he goes, "Do you want a drink?" And they're both you know recovering alcohol. Yeah, and, yeah. You know they both go no. Oh, that's right. He takes the because he he goes and he finds his. Right. Yeah, that's right. Because he goes to Abra's house and he finds and his dad there. The body. So he and takes that whiskey. He takes bottle. that whiskey bottle. Yeah, right. yeah, that's right. 
Um, and he's like, he's, he's ready to give up. He's like, he's, he's on the verge of giving up. Cause again, like, you know, the, the, the booze makes the shine go away. So he doesn't use it. And he's on the, on the verge of giving up. And he's like, his, his, his lips are the bottle and he just chucks it. Shatters it. Yeah. Great shattered bottle effect. Uh, awesome, super aggressive throw by you and McGregor. Yeah. It actually, you know, it's super hard to break a whiskey bottle when you're, like that close. To I mean, he's the Irish. Guy. He's probably yeah, he's broken. A, he's yeah. probably broken a few whiskey bottles in oh. his time. <laughs> yeah, he did, like he nails. He nails that throw. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah. Like he, he might have actually just genuinely broken a real whiskey bottle. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 like this great. But like, because you're rooting for this character. Like, yeah. Anytime he's like a recovering alcoholic in anything in any movie, you're like you're rooting for them not yeah. to to go back to it. Uh, especially because there's the added circumstance of like he needs the shine to be able to find her and, and save right. save the girl. Um, but it's like added on top of that, like the recovering alcoholic aspect. And it's just like, again, it all, it, you would not have had that same struggle if you hadn't had those earlier parts of the movie, right. which is why I think it's, it's so well, so that, that stuff works so well in this, in this movie's favor. Um, and then that's, that's where he kind of reminds himself. He's like, well, it's, a, it's like a radio. It's like a radio. Yeah. That's what Tony told him. Shout out to uh, the recast actor who plays Tony who looks exactly like Tony in the original. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like super, super good. Um, yeah, kind of like uh, at a couple points in this movie uh, comes to Danny and gives him like little snippets of advice to help move the plot along. Yeah, right. Um, um, yeah, and so like he, he he's able to tap in and then he eventually does find Abra. Yep. Um, and then you get this really great really great moment maybe the second greatest scene in the movie like super good yeah this whole this whole scene is super cool so yeah. like he he taps into abra and uh you know he he like kind of makes her wake up he's able to see like what's in like in the van like with with uh the crow and things like that yeah um and like it's 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 danny talking through her yeah and it's it's like this, this great moment where he's like, like oh god i've been hung i haven't felt hung over in years <laughs> yeah and this is where the crow is kind of like tipped off. He kind of yeah. he kind of figures out what's happening. Yeah, it, 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 she looks out the window at a street sign. And he goes, "Ah, this such and such, New York, huh?" They're yeah, staying off the highways, staying off the main roads. Yeah, yeah. right. Good um, idea. Yeah, um, and then like you get this really great. Mo- so, so like the he's talking he's talking back with the crow. The crow's like, "So you're the guy who who killed my friends?" He's like, "Yeah, that's that, that was me." Uh, but you killed one of mine and like you do get this really like I think a really great like villain speech yeah where he's like yeah a lot of good people died today and, yeah. and look where we are now I still have her yeah. it was all for nothing right and it's just and it's like it, it hurts so much because it's true yeah um, but then like Danny gets the comeuppance where yeah he keeps he, he, we keep seeing the shot of like him threateningly reach, threateningly reaching for his gun yeah um, and they, they show it a couple times and I, I thought it was weird at first that they kept showing his hip, like his right hip yeah. while he's driving the car. Cause they, they keep coming back to it. I'm like, okay, is this like a Chekhov's gun thing? Like we're going to see, but that's not what they're highlighting. Right. Right. Um, it's great. Yeah. Like at the first time, the first time Abra notices and like, he's reaching for the gun to threaten her to, you know, shut her up basically. And it works. And the second time, uh, Danny notices it while he's tapped into Abra, and he says something like, "Ah, you know, isn't she going to be mad if you? Uh, yeah, if you kill the prize. If you kill the prize." Um, and he says something like, oh, "I don't think it's something like it doesn't much matter now." Um, 
but Danny uh, very wisely points out, like, ah, you know, it's kind of ironic. I guess when you think that you're not going to die, you wouldn't buckle your seatbelt. Yeah. And, like, the guy kind of, like, we get this, like, weird pause where he kind of, like, side glances back, and then Danny does this weird, like, jerking steel steering wheel motion, and the guy just, you know, immediately... The van drives off the road and then into a tree. Bam! <laughs> it's this dude just, like, very suddenly and abruptly smashes through the windshield at yeah. full speed. I uh, think, uh, for, for some reason, in any movie where somebody gets, like, shot out of a uh, a car windshield yeah. i think it always looks great <laughs> it looks so good right like it like it looks genuinely real right um yeah, yeah it mangles the van this dude and then we get the, we get the great gasping for breath uh culty death scene that we've seen a couple yeah and then and like abra's like fully like woken up now and she like walks over and she can kind of like gloat a little bit yeah like i hope that hurts a lot yeah (laughs) yeah she just sits there and watches him die which is great yeah little girl's badass in this movie yeah she's awesome yeah super 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 awesome shout out to the actress who played abra uh, yeah she's she's really good she nails it um well Well, that i suppose brings us to the final act of this movie yeah right right a little bit so uh we, we neglected one one moment at the very beginning one of the reasons why they they go back to 1980 at the beginning of this movie um is to establish how danny's able to basically yes um like keep his demons from getting to him right um so not just his demons actual fucking actual yeah, demons actual yeah fucking uh <laughs> overlook hotel demons right right because you you get this this moment like where you can you can tell he's still being haunted by the Overlook yeah. Hotel, um, so uh, it, it's his his name's not Tony. It's the the, the chef. Um, yeah. He basically he gives him this box. Yeah. Um, and he he kind of teaches him how to use it. Tony uh, Tony is what he nicknamed the Shining when he was yeah a kid. that's yeah. where I got that back. Um, yeah. and, and and so he you kind of like see this in, in different parts of the movie where like he he kind of taps into his mind. And you can see this box like closing. Right. Um, and this is these are where he's kept all of these demons of the old right. hotel. He's, he's locked them in a prison in his mind, yeah. basically, to starve yeah. them out and keep them away. Um, but he, but Danny kind of comes to the, the conclusion that, like, you know, if if that those were basically what like Rose of the Hat and the rest of the Knot are, right. um, and, and they are the same same kind of thing. It's like people, something trying to take the shine, right? Um, and if they affected him in that way will probably affect her in that way as well right um and so you get like the 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 great moment of like their elite they they have to go back to the overlook hotel right uh which is when, it, when that happened in the movie i was like oh shit yeah, here we right. go here we go this is cool this oh. is like really cool yeah um, another huge risk right like yeah. this is tremendously risky and you know i i think if it was if if the setup didn't make any if the setup didn't make sense yeah um the way they explained it leading up to it yeah. it's not it, it didn't feel cheap at no. all to me it, no they justified they justified it really well and I, I think it made perfect sense and it was like oh yeah okay cool i think a lot of that's stephen king and i think a lot of that is the director um this is really well done it's like, they just, very they just well handled done. it well because uh, again like pays off folks that's a that's a like you said that is a a really big risk and yeah. something that you know, if you do it the wrong way, it just feels cheap and unearned. Right. Uh, but the, the way that they set it up is like really well done. So yeah. like, especially to like to port that to a movie and and make it effective. Like, there's there, 
I don't think I could do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that's so tough to compartmentalize. You know, a Stephen King novel, which are all famously super dense, and especially like I don't know what this book looks like, looks like, but I know the sequel to the like I know The Shining is like you know a dictionary. So like to be able to to fit all this up into a nice neat package and have it work on the screen is really really cool. Yeah, really well done. Yeah, um, and so they 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 take a, like a long road trip to the Overlook. Um, and, yeah. and like they're, they're going there and, and, and Danny's kind of explaining like what this place is like to yep. Abra the whole day. And, and then you, you kind of get the, the nice like callbacks. They, like they, they fill the gas up at the, at the station same that you station, see right. the, the same station you see in the shining. Um, he and, says, he says something like, uh, you know, this is dangerous for us, but it, it's gotta be even more dangerous for them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and so like they, they, they go up to the Overlook Hotel and it's, it's, they, they established earlier on that they closed the hotel up, you know, boarded it all up and all that stuff. It's been abandoned. Yeah. Um, and so. Yeah. Because, because Jack Torrance was not the first incident. <laughs> no. Hotel. Yeah. Right. Like, right. It, was, it was a reoccurring problem. Right. Um, cause it was built on an Indian burial ground. Yeah. Right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's a pretty big telltale sign yeah, that right. something bad's going to happen there. God, obviously. <laughs> Don't they read any books? Yeah. <laughs> Audience members, I'm sorry. I'm gonna need another beer for this last part. Hey, wait, this I'm gonna nuts. I'm gonna put a little pause then. Yeah, good. Idea. You want you want a beer? Um, no, I'm alright. Alright. And hey, we're, we're back. back. <laughs> I had to grab a beer real quick. Okay, it's gonna be a very dense part of this. Uh, I think review. so too. Yeah. Okay, so they the, use this awesome shot where they they roll up to the Overlook Hotel and you can yeah. see that it's all been boarded up and closed down and stuff like that. It's 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 super creepy because it's at night. Uh, you, the, all, obviously the, all the lights have been turned off and all that stuff and he like they just roll up and the only lights are from the car they drove up there um, right. and uh, and Danny turns to Abra he's like stay in the car and and he gets out and she's like where are you going he's like I have to wake it up I have to wake, wake it up yeah, which is just like it's just like you get chills yeah, <laughs> like immediately light. it's like oh shit alright and uh, yeah he, he like walks into the hotel and like the, the lights start turning on and all this stuff it's like really really cool um and I think you know, just it, it's it's again like we we talked about this earlier. How you know the the Shining, they kind of put a lot of that supernatural stuff like on the back burner. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a Kubrick cool. move. Yeah, but sure. this this one like you 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 could you get a better explanation of you know what the connection is between the Shining and the Overlook Hotel and yes. Danny, and it's like just by the the virtue of like when he walks in like the lights start turning on and stuff. Right. It's really, really cool. Yeah, they lean, they actually lean into it, which is a huge part of the book. Um, you know, and, and Kubrick, not to say Kubrick didn't throw the supernatural stuff in there. It was just very, very light. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that he wanted to focus on, like, the psychological right. element of, uh, you know, what was happening with Jack um, more than, you know, how it was involved with the actual Shining itself. Right. Um, and, and, and this is, you also get to see, and I didn't really think about this too much when it happened but they they mentioned it later and it's like oh shit that's what he was doing then he goes down to the boiler room, the boiler room right. and just turns everything on yeah um so, so this, this is, is a nod to the book readers out there because in the end of the uh the book the shining um, we, we get, get the great, great shot, shot in the movie of Jack Torrance out in the in the maze <laughs> in the morning, frozen to death, and that's iconic. And yeah, it's great, and that looks incredible on screen. Uh, but in the book, The Shining, 
the spirits basically lure Jack Torrance to the boiler room and blow him up. Oh, okay. So this is a nice little, uh, you know, aside to you savvy book readers out there. Interesting. Uh, the boiler room is a very important part of the book, The Shining. I, so I wonder how the book ends then, if, if that's how The Shining ended. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Okay. That's, oh, I'm intrigued. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he goes out of the boiler room and starts turning it all on. Yep. And, uh, and, and then, you know, he, th- at that point, then he's, he, he tells Abra to come in. Um, and they, they go to, they basically go and wait for... Um, well, he doesn't, you're, you're skipping. Oh, that's right. Yeah, part. yeah. yeah. He, he tells Abra to keep an eye out for Rose. Because he'll be able to see her coming up the road. Yeah. Um, and so until, yeah, it's basically until that Rose starts starts driving up the road right then that's when they go and wait for her yeah but don't don't, don't forget because we get these this great scene that they kind of let breathe of danny like walking oh okay that's right that hotel. that's yeah 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 uh, you know we get to see the shots of the carpet and then you said like all the lights following him we get to see him walk through the big enormous grand hall at the beginning with the nice gigantic stairs um and uh, we get a callback to the original. Um, this great shot of him walking across the same ballroom floor over to the That's light right. backlit yeah. bar. Um, and he takes a seat, and there's that, still that single glass on the bar mm-hmm. with the lights that uh, pop up. And we just see two hands uh, lean over. Uh, and, uh, oh, God, I can't remember what he says, because it's, it's basically the same thing that they say in The, yeah. first, in the Shining. Like, uh, rough night today, sir, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, pours the, pours the whiskey. Um, and it's all focused on Danny at this point. It's just that it's the same direct, uplighted shot of you know the protagonist sitting at the bar, yeah, with a with a glass of whiskey there, and Danny says something like, oh, "This was your brand," and, you know, and he you know he's like, "I remember I used to have the bottles all over the house, and yeah, the first I smelled it one time. It smelled like uh, like burning wood, which or like a campfire, which I I guess it kind of is, yeah." Um, and then it pans up, and we get this reveal of uh, fake Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe the only thing that <laughs> that's didn't the totally only land. thing in the movie that was like, ah, no, like I think the scene is great. But yes, I think it's just the dude that they got that looks like Jack Nicholson. That's you know, maybe not. I'm not buying. Yeah, well, so they they wanted they wanted to get somebody that looked like young Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Um, I think I think they would have gotten Jack Nicholson if he hadn't. I think he's. I'm pretty sure he's retired from acting. Yeah. Um. Because like, yeah, man, that would have been so cool. Oh yeah. Like if it was Jack Nicholson there. Um. It also, I think, I think by setting up earlier with having the other characters show up played by different actors, it, it yeah, doesn't make sense. It doesn't sting as much as it would if it was like the first time you saw a character from the previous movie. Right. Um. So it, it kind of lessens the 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 sting as much. But, uh, and, you know, when it's, you know, from the side, when the way it's lit and things like that, um, it looks enough like him where it doesn't, like, really stand out as being weird. God, um, I can't remember the bartender's name from The Shining. Uh, Len? Uh, Roy? Larry. 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 Lloyd. Lloyd. I'm sorry. Lloyd. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, Lloyd. But, yeah, so uh, it, it's it's, like, a really... 
really great uh scene where he's he's like i'm not no i'm not jack i'm lloyd yeah right um fun fun fact uh the 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 not jack the not jack nicholson in this movie is the same actor who played elliot in et really yeah no fucking way. yeah because like when, it's, when he showed up i'm like all right that's really ballsy i gotta find, yeah. figure out who this guy is who do you think you are yeah. uh you can play jack nicholson who um, do you think you are i am <laughs> uh, yeah that's awesome uh, yeah i was like so what else has this guy done oh he was elliot and et weird <laughs> I, I also, I, like I said, huge risk for them to do this. Oh yeah, um, I mean, probably the biggest risk in the yeah, entire the movie. Biggest, the second, second only to, or maybe bigger even than the uh, the axe scene. Yes, because uh, that's so iconic. Yes, but maybe because they don't li- like linger on that for too long. Right, right. It's just like a quick flashback. Um, there, there's two things I like in particular about this scene. Number one is the things that. Uh, Jack is saying to Danny yeah. as he's serving him the drink. It's he gives this great little monologue. Um, we we talked about it earlier at the beginning of this already growing podcast. Um, hey, it's a two and a half hour long movie. The podcast yeah. is going to be roughly as long as yeah. movie usually. Um, but yeah, he, he you know he basically says something like uh, you know the, a mind is chalkboard and this is the eraser. This is the medicine. Yeah. Um, but the one cool thing that the actor it says, "Come does, take your medicine." It's like, come, it's, come, it's, "Are you are you going to come and take your medicine?" It's like menacing, and, yeah. and like oh. it's so cool. The one great choice that the actor makes here, I'm assuming this is the actor, is he leans more and more into a Jack Nicholson impression as the scene goes on. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. He starts out like. He could he could be Lloyd because he's talking very proper at the beginning, and then as Danny's pushing him, like, uh, you know, he's he's talking about his mother, and he's you know, like she was your wife, don't you care? And then this the guy who, who's who's playing Jack Torrance sort of leans into oh, okay. the Jack Nicholson. Cadence. I kind of want to watch this again. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, I do too. I'm definitely going to because uh, Trisha wants to see it. My wife. My wife. Uh, uh, but yeah, as as he's as he's going through this, he's he's leaning more into the Jack Torrance cadence. Oh, cool! All right, uh, which is a little nifty catch and very very smart uh, acting decision. I'm go- I'm going to give the actor credit for that and assume that that was his choice. I don't know if it was a directorial choice, but that seems like something that an actor would think to come yeah. up with. Uh, and it, it's super, super effective. Um, it's super effective. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's a lot of damage. <laughs> that's a lot of damage. Um, yeah, uh, and it's great. And uh, you know, like I said, my favorite scene in The Shining is is the bar scene where Jack, you know, Jack Torrance sits down and uh, the the spooks are. Uh, uh, you know, serving him drinks now. And yeah. Like, you know, really great scene. And everybody, lo- I think, and everybody loves to see <laughs> uh, But it was a super fucking ballsy decision to go back and do it the same way in this movie. Um, and to make it so menacing and so evil. Yeah. Um, well, and again, like, it, it's it's paid off because, yeah, you know, you right. have absolutely you know, all, all the stuff leading up to it, you know again like it's danny's struggle with his father and like his struggle with alcoholism and then like the struggle even like externally like every everything like 
kind of culminating in this moment is just really well done. It, it was very effective. Yeah. Very, very effective. Because um, he's even like contemplating taking a drink for a very long time. Right. Until he decides to leave it at the bar. Um, which is like, I, I, I'm glad that they, that he didn't. Yeah. Uh, cause it would have felt like maybe cheap if they, they, if they did that sort of thing. But it's, uh, yeah, it's just really, really well done. And, um, yeah, that's, that's when he's like, he steps outside and they see that Rose is on the way there. Right. Um, and yeah, it, I, I didn't want to pass through that. Oh no. I, I, like, I'm glad you, you, you mentioned that. Cause one I, of the better I, I forgot the where it landed in and the, the chronology of it. So I, I would have passed it up otherwise. So thank you. Um, but never do it again. <laughs> Knock it the fuck off! <laughs> Shut the fuck up! This is my show. Um, <laughs> and then, like as they're walking back in, uh, you get this great shot where like um, Danny looks over and he sees a hatchet like hanging yeah. up, um, and so he, he grabs it. Um, yeah, and then they're um, and then they're they're waiting for Rose to show up in that grand hall, and the yes, typewriters there. Typewriters there. Yeah, God, it's so good. It's so good, so good, so good. Yeah, and they're like waiting up at the top of the stairs for her, basically. Yeah, um, and they try and uh, spring another little trap on her. Which oh man, this scene is so so good. This scene is so cool. Yeah, this scene is so cool. So uh, you know, once again, like um, you get this this like this this mind battle. <laughs> I don't know what other way to say it, but um, you know, Rose Rose. Thinks that she is tapped into Abra's mind. Yes, but it's actually Danny's. Danny's mind, yeah. and it's it's the the hedge maze, yeah. uh, and it's it's like it's so cool because it's because again, if you've seen The Shining, the hedge maze scene at the end is like so well, it's so oh, good. Yeah, um, it's filmed. The, the Shining's a movie that's filmed beautifully. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and this, this is it's so cool that we get to go back again. Big risk. But it's, it's so cool that we get to go back to the Overlook Hotel because this is kind of really where the director turns on the homage to uh, yeah. Kubrick uh, in a big way. And it's super tastefully done and it's not gratuitous. Yes. And there's enough of those little copycat shots that he takes from The Shining. It's um, it's an homage. It's not it's not stealing. It's not, yes. you know, it, it's, it's, it doesn't feel cheap. Yeah. Um, it's just like all credit to the the director on this one right. uh really well done um and then uh but yeah so because like earlier when you when you see these moments where um danny is like locking up these demons in those boxes you can tell that they're in the hedge maze yeah. just by the surroundings of it yeah um so it's like going there it's like you immediately know what's happening right um and so like abra's there and she's leading rose through the maze um like trying to trick her and um rose is about to like she's starting to realize what's actually happening and there's like a box closing Close in on her in behind her yeah and um and, and she she does break free of it uh it's like oh man you were almost there um she does break free of it and then uh that's what like danny tells her to run and then you get this like this standoff scene where she realized that Rose realizes that Danny has the shining too. Right. And she's like, how, how do we, how do we how miss do we you? Miss you? Yeah. Like, cause you're, cause she's like, he's, a, he's obviously extremely like strong with it. It's like, how do, how do we, we miss you? Um, it's, it's because he was probably you know, dulling it with alcohol for years and years and years. Right. Um, and it's, and you get this, this great scene. And, uh, <laughs> this is, this is one of the, the 
points where like the like homage shows up too danny goes and swings a hatchet at her yeah and what's great about this is that the camera movement of danny swinging the axe is exactly the same as when jack is swinging the axe in the shining i didn't catch it's that. it's the side to side panning action yeah it's and it's and it's i, I think oh yeah, yeah I, I guess, guess it, it is. is that's also why like that's one of the reasons why i recommend like watching the shining before you see yeah. this too because you can pick up on I stuff guess, like that i guess it is yeah, yeah. And it's like when i saw that I'm like oh that's super cool yeah. <laughs> um but it, and then it's like immediately upended because she like uh she gets i mean he he gets her with it but she's strong it's important to note that she like she drank all her remaining yeah yeah before like, she showed up there because she had these little like thermoses basically where they was holding like extra um they call it s- smoke yeah um uh, where, where it's like steam, shoot, they call it steam steam i'm sorry yeah they call it steam um powered by steam yeah um <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, where she can like I have all this excess uh, steam stored up, and then yeah. she's like drinks all basically drinks all like of them. Cracking into a tab cola, she just sucking <laughs> you know. all that steam up. So breathing she's like super in, powerful. Sheldon Freer. She's like she's like even more powerful than she already is because yeah. she has like all that extra juice yeah. in her. So she basically like stops the the axe before it goes all the way through her shoulder. Yeah, but it does catch her. And then she takes it, flips it around, jabs him in the uh, in the uh, leg, yeah, right in the femoral artery, and then fucking lifts him and throws him down the stairs. Which again is a callback to the first one where yeah. where Jack gets knocked down the stairs. Right. Um. It, it's and again it's 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 tastefully done. Where like if you're paying attention, you can see the parallels, mm. um, but it doesn't feel like it, it's not like. Yeah, yeah, see what we did there. Pay attention. It's yeah. it's it's it rewards those who are like actually paying attention, right. which is cool. And then you get this this moment where she's like a, because he, he's in he's in pain and she's like digging into the wound and he, he's like screaming out more, more pain and, and more like his steam's escaping him and she's drinking it up. Yeah. And it's like just long enough for uh for him to 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 get trapped by the overlook demons basically right. and then they over they overcome her yeah um, yeah he basically opens up all the prisons in his head yeah and let lets them out to attack her right um, and because she's like as this is happening she's like drinking his steam yeah and she says something like oh my god so much fear how did we miss you yeah and, and then she you know she sees flashbacks of like oh yeah jack torrance uh chasing him through the maze and like uh you know uh, you know chasing his mom and you know all the you know, the, the woman in the bathtub the, the twin girls the twin girls yeah oh my god how do you know she's like relishing in it and then she dives farther into his mind and finds the boxes and she's like what are you hiding what are oh those? that's right are, yeah know? and he says uh ah, i can't remember what he says but i remember it ends with they're hungry yeah yeah they're you know so he cracks all these boxes open, and then all the we get to see basically a bunch of the old Overlook characters yeah, from yeah. The Shining come back, and uh, fu- they fucking rip her apart. Yeah, dude, which is awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it looks so good. Um, yeah, they they basically tear her apart, uh, kill the ever loving shit out of her, but then they turn to Danny because yep. you know Danny's the one who trapped them, and they don't kill him. But, but they, they do, do take hold of him. Yep. Uh, much the same way that they took hold of his dad. Yep. Um, so, so the, the next, next great shot is Abra, you know, kind of, you know, 
walking her way through the hallway, and then she runs into Danny. And shout well, out to before that, she she ends up in room two thirty seven. Two thirty seven, right? Yep. that's right. Yeah. Um, and what she basically finds the uh, the old woman. Right? Yep. 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 Um. Uh, oh God, I'm, I'm I remember the light under the door. I'm trying to remember how does he let does she let him into the room? She lets him into the room, right? No, like I, he I think he he just finds her basically. Okay, right. But he's he's like. Shout out to Ewan McGregor for like standing like Jack Nicholson in The Shining with the axe. Well, it's even even more because he has the the wound in his leg. He's yeah, limping he's through the limping. hallway yeah. like just like him too. Again, it's 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 enough of like it's it because it, it's different enough. Like it's he doesn't have like a like a like a broken leg. It's he's got a, an axe wound in his leg. Right. And so like they set up in ways that make sense. But then when you're paying attention to it, it's like oh okay yeah. it's just like it's just like the shining. He's doing it, and like even like the head turn yep. to the side. He's doing the same kind of like you know slow. I'm coming to get you thing. It it it, it fucking works. Yeah. It yeah. like super super works. And it I mean maybe other people will argue differently, but I think it like. It's not. It's not gratuitous. It's not. No, I agree. I think cheap. it's. I think it's like very effective. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he. I mean, he's basically possessed, and he's chasing. He's chasing Abra through the, uh, you know, through the hotel. God, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, and then eventually, she she basically she basically stops, um, and says something like, "Well, you don't know where you're standing right now." Uh, which that line comes up a couple times in this movie. Yeah, so it's it's first brought up when um, Rose tracks him down into the hotel. Yeah, and she's standing at the typewriter. Right, and uh, and then she's she's she says something, and he's like, "Well, you don't know where you're standing," and that's when they do like the the, the yeah. mind off. Um, and then this is where like because because it's was what's cool about this is Abra realizes. That it's not Danny; it is the hotel that has possessed him. Right, and and she's she. It's like it's a cool character moment because she's tapping into like she's saying you don't know where you're standing as, as referring to the fact that the, she the hotel doesn't know that he's standing in Danny Torrance's body, right, and what that means and, and all that. Um, and then uh, that's also where she drops it was like, well, what you also don't know is that when he got here, he he went he went to the boiler room first, right. And then, like the the demon in the body, like realizes what happened, what's what's happening, right. and like runs down to the boiler room, and it's like it's starting to like tear the room apart and stuff like that. Well, Danny comes back for just a moment. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he basically yeah. tells Abra to run. Yeah, and be safe. And he says something like, "I have to close the door behind us." Yeah. Um, so Abra escapes out the front of the hotel, and then the demon takes back over, and uh, demons. The hotel takes back over and uh, sends him back down at the boiler room to try and stop it. But by this point, it's basically already too late. Well, and even still, like, while it's going to turn off the valve, uh, like, Danny takes control over, yeah. over his body again. And, like, just... just Backs just, up and sits down, basically, yeah. on the floor. yeah. As the hotel's uh, basically burning to the ground, yeah, we get this really cool shot, yeah, of the gi- this gigantic, enormous hotel out in the middle of nowhere, just burning from the inside out. It looks really good, and that's definitely like that's definitely 
like a CGI thing. Yeah, there's, there's no way they would have done that practical. Yeah, um, yeah, there's there's no way to do it practical, but it doesn't look CGI. It's it's actually like it's like the one uh, aside from like you know the the people dying. Uh, it's like the one real serious CGI moment, and none of them feel fake. I feel like though this probably had a pretty decent budget behind it. Yeah, I would think so too. Yeah. Um, at least 50 million, at least 50 million. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Enough that they could reasonably do the effects without them looking stupid. Cause yeah, all the effects look good in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, most of them are practical. Yeah. Um, it's just those couple little takes where they do the, you know, cause they have some like really clever in camera effects yeah. that they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get we basically get this, you know, Abra standing outside as the hotel's burning and then we hear sirens in the distance and the next and basically the last shot of this film is her sitting up in bed. Yeah. Uh, it's established earlier from uh, Danny that there is an afterlife. Yes. Yeah, he say, he's basically says like, you know, I've seen it, you know, I, I know, yeah, I know it exists. I know, you know, people are there. So the next shot is basically Abra uh you know talking to danny yeah. like you know um who's who's very clearly dead there's like there's like no way there's no way he would well, yeah, yeah there's yeah. no way that he could make it out right but he, she's basically having her, uh, a conversation with him uh much the way that the the chef did uh for danny his whole life yeah yeah they set up in this movie too that you know i think the chef at one point in this movie says something to him like you know, I met you once, and now I'm on the hook forever. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of, you. You kind of get the impression it's the same thing, right? Uh, and then the last part is basically the little girl admitting to her mom, like, "No, I wasn't talking to nobody. I was talking to Uncle Danny. Dad's fine too. There's an afterlife." Blah 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 yeah. blah. Scene. Roll credits. It's a. It's a good ending. Cut it. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. They went right from all this action. To one nice quick scene that puts everything together, yeah. ties the bow on it, and it's over. I also think like seeing the Overlook Hotel burn to the ground is a really great ending for, for this movie too. Perfect, because it's like no, we're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like no more. Yeah, no, we're, we're finished. But they they do. I mean, they kind of leave it a little bit open because they they establish that there's there's probably more people out there like sure. the like the not. Um, and, and and there might be more people trying to find Abra, uh, but that's that's one of the things that she's talking to Danny about um, yeah. at the end. There um, is about you know maybe maybe they can find them and and you know be be friendly with them instead of like yeah uh, yeah it could be it could be a good thing. And that's where that's where Danny's like no you shouldn't. I told you earlier that you should hide your shine, yeah. but no you should you should yeah. let it go. You should you should use it, um, which is a cool little cool little moment. Yep. I liked it. I liked that the end of this movie was one scene. After we spend the entire film building up to something, there's one scene that wraps it yeah. up as the falling out. And it's action. wholesome as fuck. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> um, I don't like a very long falling action. No, yeah. Um, you know, I love... Um, uh, Clint Eastwood is very good at directing movies, but there's some of his flicks where uh, the, the final act of his movie is 20 minutes longer than it needs to be. Uh, Mystic River comes to mind. That movie should have ended 20 minutes before it ended. It was had the perfect ending, and then he keeps going after that. I haven't seen that one. I know that's like one of the ones that you should see if you like. Yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a really, really yeah. great movie, but it just it goes on too long. Yeah. It goes on like way too long. 
Um, and the thing is, there's a point where the movie clearly should have ended, but it doesn't. Yeah. Because I mean, we it, have to be indulgent. Um, so I love that. I love when movies know when to stop fucking making movies. Um, and this is another one where very easily could have gone on longer than it needed to. Yep. Which is weird to say about a two, two and a half, half hour long movie. <laughs> yeah, but no, the, the whole movie, like we said, is just is rising the entire time except for this scene. Yeah. There's one scene to put everything back in a box and tie a bow on. Um, and it's perfect. It works very well. It's not like you know overly done and it's nice and quick and concise. Yeah. Um, so that's basically all the plot points. Can we gush about some of the artsy bullshit in this movie? Yeah, I feel like I kind of touched on all the stuff that I want to talk to yeah. about already. Um, yeah, like when we talked about it. All the homages, uh, homages to Kubrick, uh, the low sweeping chase shots yep. that were so prevalent in the in The Shining. Uh, it was great to see them done again. The sound design in this movie is incredible. Oh yeah, yeah, um, really good. Uh, like insanely good. We get the great little, you know, the violin screeches that we get in The Shining. Mm-hmm. Um, it opens with the the soundtrack from the original too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, you, you know, and then it's it's things like the sound effects that the the cult the cult people make when they die. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> you know, it just little touches to the sound are, are very good. There was only one. And I can't even remember what it was, but there was only one point where the sound didn't seem right to me. There was like one scene where I was like, "Ooh, that's weird," but everything else was perfect. Like it was yeah. just—it's completely spot on. Everything from the score to the, um, you know, to the the actual sound effects, you know, great. Yeah, uh, color palette, incredible. Um, color palettes are a big thing when you're filming movies. Yeah, so I guess maybe that's the one thing that they diverge from a lot from the original too, though. Yeah. Because the original one is it's purposefully really flat. Yes. Um, really flat color palette. I mean, very muted. Very um, muted color palette, but very bright. Well, it's interesting because because the hotel itself has a lot of like bright, yeah. like vibrant colors, but the it's it's they just turn the saturation down on it like the whole the whole way. Yeah, the um, colors are colors are dim, but the light is bright. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one, I think it's it's like a well lit, well shot. Like the colors are are, are well used, but it is is entirely different than the original in that yeah. respect. Yeah. Um, this movie, I think maybe it's just me is a little dimmer. You know what I mean? Like light wise, there's a lot less of it than we see in the original show. Yeah, it's more high contrast though. Yeah, way more yeah. high contrast. Yeah, a lot more, lot more, lot more things going on. I think. Um, I, mean, I think it has a lot to do with you know the fact that it came out in 2019. Um, sure. The way that movies are shot now and the way that movies are lit now, um, I, I think it's a lot of it has to do with you know because theaters have gotten more more advanced. Right. Um, digital projection, digital you know cameras have gotten more advanced too. It kind of allows for more control over that. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, just, uh, like film grading in general, yeah. um, that's, yeah. that's a, that's a technology that didn't exist in the, in the, in the late seventies, early eighties when they filmed the shining. Well, even then think about something like 2001, a space odyssey mm-hmm. lighting for sure is definitely very dated. You know, they worked with what they had at the time, yeah. but color palette wise, that movie is tremendously interesting. Well, what, what I'm saying is that, um, I, I think that. The choices they made in the, for the color in The Shining was was deliberate. Yeah, oh, of, I like, agree. Yeah, trying to make it look desolate and isolated, Absolutely. and and you know really muted. Yes, and, yeah. 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 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, yeah Kubrick was a uh, well-known perfectionist. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you think for a moment that every single decision that, that you know goes into that movie wasn't specifically his, then you're kidding. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, very, very hands-on. Yeah. Very hands-on director, <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, very, very deliberate. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, the first Shining... Uh, super flat, very bright, but super, super flat color-wise. Desaturated is a, probably Desaturated, the word we use yeah. the most. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, yeah this, this this is this is kind of the opposite. It, it's weird because this movie shouldn't feel like a like a genuine sequel to The Shining, um, but it absolutely is because it's such a different. It's such yeah, a different it is a very movie. different movie. Um, yeah, it, it, it works. At points, it kind of feels almost like a superhero movie. Yeah. Um, right but it's it's i think it's it doesn't again it doesn't like feel out of place no it doesn't it it fits it fits strangely in line as a sequel to the shining even though they are both dramatically different in tone feel uh style yeah you know what i mean um i mean and again as they should because this movie you know takes place 30 years later almost 40 years later yeah 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 yeah. um but yeah, it it, uh, it works. Uh, the Shining too. It works. It, it, hey, it works. <laughs> um, uh, oh. I was I was surprised as you were, man. Like, as I again, like, given the uh, the the fact that almost nobody saw it, and right. and even like the the critical reception was you know generally positive, but not like overwhelmingly like, look, look so. Warm. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. I was like, all right. Well, I mean, cool, we'll we'll do this because it's, it's a recent sequel and i know no, not many people uh saw it so be it can be kind of interesting to talk about it i i did not expect liking this movie as much as i me did either me either um wow. i'll be honest i was a little i was a little nervous because the only option to watch this movie was to buy it yeah, <laughs> yeah it was either that <laughs> which is weird i started my free trial on hbo max that was the free way to watch oh shit it. was it on that it was on hbo oh, max shit, i could have yeah. watched it for free yeah. i bought it <laughs> did you yeah. yeah, well, because, yeah, like I said, the only, so I was looking for a way to watch it, and, uh, you know. You can't, yeah. You cannot, right? Yeah, now. you can't rent I, it. I did the same thing. You can't rent it for yeah. some reason. It's $15 on YouTube, or it's $10 on Amazon. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I was going to buy it too, and then I saw it was free on HBO Max. So I was like, fuck it. I didn't and know now they're probably going to get me for the next year on HBO <laughs> yeah. Max. So. Hey, man, there's a lot of good stuff on there. I know. Yeah um but yeah i mean um let, let's see yeah but i like i didn't really regret spending the 15 like 15 dollars no, on it i wouldn't either i like having watched it i, I think i would have been fine if i because like i said it's at different points during this podcast so, like i kind of want to see it again yeah, yeah I'm, I'm definitely gonna watch like this to, to pick up on the other points um, um well let's hit our main questions yeah all right does this stand on its own i think we answered that already no it doesn't you have to watch The Shining. You have first. to like, and, and, and which you, isn't the problem because The Shining is right. great. And, yeah. and I think it's 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 doubly so because if you watch The Shining first, you'll you'll appreciate this even more. Right. Um. Because I, I I think it's it's close. It's close to sitting yeah. on its own. Um. But you usually should watch. You, you, you should watch The Shining bit. anyway. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> like doing? it's you essential. It. It's essential. Yeah. Uh. So you should watch it anyway. Um, but this doesn't really stand on its own, and I, I think they 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 did do certain things, knowing that The Shining is like so iconic oh, yeah. and essential that you know that they they don't have to make those concessions to bring in a new audience because who's going to see this if they haven't seen The Shining? Right. Um, I, I think this I, I think this does answer a ton of questions though. Yeah. 
uh, that you might have had after watching the shining. It did. It did so for me. You know, yeah. it, it, it it makes me want to again. It like makes me want to go back and watch <laughs> the shining and this movie again. Yeah, right. Because like it, I, now that I know a little bit more about like what's actually happening, it's it kind of makes that more interesting. Um, so yeah, I think it definitely answers a lot of questions there. Um, is it necessary? Um, probably not. Probably not. No. You could definitely watch The Shining and, and, and get... I mean, as people have done for decades. Right, yeah. Um, but it's it's cool that it exists. Yeah. Like, you should, I think you should watch it. I yeah, know. it's a really good companion piece. We, we kind of started this podcast by telling everybody that we both think you should watch this movie. Before you listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, so we don't just fucking ruin the whole movie for you. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, it's definitely not... An, the Shining is essential human viewing. Yes. It's on the list of 100 movies in your life that you need to see before you die. It's like essential uh, human viewing. This is obviously nowhere near that. Right, right. Let's, I mean, let's yeah. be clear. It does not hold a candle to The Shining. Um, but it, it is it is one of those things good. where, like, if you watch The Shining and you really liked it and you want to dive deeper into, you know, what that's all about, if, yep. you're, if you're curious what happens to those characters after the end of the movie, this is a really capable, it's super uh, capable. Yeah. follow up to it. And it really answers a lot of those questions. And I think it's I think it works. Yeah. Don't don't feel like, uh, you know, don't feel ashamed by in, in an era of terrible sequels. And, <laughs> terrible horror movie ripoffs don't, don't feel, feel bad about watching this one because it's actually pretty good yeah uh, I, I think i was prepared for it to be um terrible going in but i'm i'm so glad it isn't you get two thumbs way up my butt from me <laughs> watch this movie it's uh it's a good flick yeah it's that point i'm gonna give it a solid uh like a minus yeah yeah right that's, yeah that's about right it's yeah. uh it's not I, I, and the funny thing is I can't really think of anything it could have done better. It's just that... The only problem I think I had, and this is like nitpicky, is uh, <laughs> Mary the Hat. Oh, God. Uh, Rose the Hat feels a little like cartoon villainy at certain yeah. points. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think that's, that speaks more towards Stephen King than it probably. does towards the script. Yeah. And, and, and I think of some of it too might just be, because we have not read the book, it might yeah. just be like condensing that character down into right. a movie format could also... Leave out some of that stuff as well. Yep, uh, but that's it. I mean, there's there's minor nitpicks that I have, but I think solid A minus. Yeah, B it's, plus A minus. It's just a it's a really good movie. And if you watch The Shining and you want to know more about it, uh, first read the book probably. Yeah, read the book. <laughs> but, yeah. Read, the, read the Shining if you haven't. Uh, it's it's a long book, but you know I'm sure there's book on tapes. Twenty first century. You don't have to yeah. read it. Uh, get an Audible subscription right. or whatever. Uh, Something like that. This is not sponsored by Audible. No. Um, in fact, fuck Audible. you, Audible. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> See, I wish it was because Audible. Audible's like it's a little pricey, but it's low key pretty awesome. Yeah, it seems it's, like a pretty good deal. Yeah, especially um, if you have like a long commute or whatever. Yes, it'd be kind of nice. Which I, which I do. Yeah. So, yeah. Audible's pretty great. So. All right. That's our that's our non paid for Audible ad. <laughs> you like that Audible? <laughs> Please pay Please us money to pinch your product. <laughs> Please do that. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say about this one? Well, not about this one, but uh, 
I suppose we should talk about what we're going to do to close out Spooptober. Yeah, so this, this kind of falls kind of perfectly. So uh, when, when the next episode comes out, it'll be October 30th. Yeah. Uh, which, if you are somehow unaware, it's the day before Halloween. Yeah. So uh, wrapping up our... Uh, you Halloweenies. <laughs> you Halloweeners. Um, so wrapping up this uh, discussion about horror movies in October, I think it'd be a perfect time to talk about Halloween 2. Yes. The second Electric Halloween Bulu. movie. Yeah. Uh, the day before Halloween, it'd be really fun to talk I, about. I'm really excited for this because I've never seen the second Halloween movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've seen Halloween 1, Halloween 4, Halloween 5. Halloween H2O, and then the Rob Zombie remake. God, there's so many Halloween movies. <laughs> That's it. If we if we keep doing this podcast yeah. for like the next 10 years, we'll still have Halloween exactly. to talk about. Same with Friday the 13th <laughs> yeah, movies. Yeah. Even more of those. Yeah, so um, that, that's that's fun. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Halloween. Oh, that's a good idea. If if we, if we see that one of these episodes lands on a Friday the 13th, we should talk about a Friday the 13th movie. Absolutely. That's a great idea Absolutely. that I will forget about for sure. Um, but yeah, what you shouldn't forget about doing is uh, following us on Twitter at nope. Sequelize This. You should not forget to like us on Facebook, Sequelize This on there. Uh, if you want to send us suggestions or, you know, send hate mail uh, at Gmail or, or sequelize this at gmail.com, um, you should also not forget to vote. I'm just going to throw vote. it out there. Yeah, go ahead and vote. Got a couple of weeks uh, until the election. Um, you, you can, can vote You can now. vote early if you, if you are, are so inclined. Uh, there's a lot of options out there. I would highly encourage everyone who's listening to this to do, go just go do it. I already voted. You should you should go out and do it. Yeah, I mean it. It you know it's it's this is not that podcast, but no. uh, I, I feel like it's one of those. No, things. but it's like fucking important that people should go out and vote. Yeah, it's it's one of your your few one one of the the most important rights as an American is, yeah. is to vote. They can't um, take it away from you because. As, as much as they would like to try. As much as they would like to. Yeah. They cannot take that away from So, me, so. Um, that's that's how I'm going to uh, put a button on this, yep. this episode. Go and vote. Um, yep. uh, from the sequelizes people. <laughs> from this, <laughs> I agree. This weird I second that. podcast where we're talking about movie sequels. Go vote. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been Dan. I've been Chris. This has been Sequelize This. Yep. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Except uh, you, Donald. And, yes, yeah. except you, Donald. Fuck, Fuck you, Donald. Donald. <laughs> yeah, for that's, real. Thinly veiled. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Fuck it. Hey, we'll see you next week, you cunts. (laughs) All right. Bye.